man. Such a talented artist. But um, I think what he does best, 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 best is he tells it like it is and he inspires and that leads to fan amazing motivation. Um, Kelly, I love you, man. Love you. Yeah. I love you too, Aaron. Kelly Cardenas. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Fresno. The first thing I'm going to ask you to do is I want you to turn on your cameras. I don't care if you have morning face. I don't care if you're busted up, if your breath is stanky. Um, I want you to turn your video on now. I don't care what your hair looks like, what your kids are doing in the background. Keep yourself on mute, but turn on and turn up. That's what we're going to do today. Okay. So I want everybody, I got 84 people on this call. I want 84 cameras on today, the whole time. I want to see your eyes. If I could see your eyes, I could change your life. If I cannot see your eyes, I cannot change your life. And so I want you guys to, to commit to this for the next, uh, you know, as long as you're doing distance learning, I want those cameras on. I want whatever it is. I, I wanted to wear Houston Oilers today because that's what I represent since I was six years old. My dad bought me a jacket because the team sucked and I think they were on sale, but I've been a Houston Oilers fan my whole life. I, I was thinking, should I put a, a hat on because I'm a hairdresser? Um, but you know what I wanted to do and the thing that I want you guys to get from me today is I want you to bring you to the table. I don't care who you are, bring you to the table and that's when you win. And that's what we're going to talk about today the whole time. But I'm going to check because I have a couple of pages of people. I have four pages of people and I'm going to check everyone. Now on page two, Mackenzie, haven't turned on your uh, uh, thing. Evelyn, you haven't turned on it. Come on. There we go. Jeffin, thank you so much. You turned it on. Best dad in the world. There we go. I think it's second best because I'm a dad too. So I won that award last year. Uh, you could, you could apply for it next year. I'm going on to page number three and page number three has no video on at all. So, uh, Faith is, uh, Michaela, Christy, uh, Juliet, Paulina, let's go to page four. Um, I got Priscilla, Ava, uh, Christy, Monique, Antonio. I want to see your face because you're probably a handsome guy. Anthony, Andy, Hernandez, uh, Nicholas, uh, turn on your camera. So the reason why I say this, guys, is because the, the way that you show up, all you have to do in this, in this world, all you have to do in this life, all you have to do is show up. Like, I am awful at what I do. I've always been awful at what I do, but I show up. And I'm really excited about not being that good. You don't have to be the best hairdresser in the world. You don't have to get the greatest grades in the world. All you have to do is keep showing up. One of the ladies that's on the call right now, Miss Deanne Evans, she helped me with my whole entire career. She built my whole entire career. And it wasn't because I was good. And she knows that. She was with me the whole time. But it was because I would show up. And if you could show up, that's the first thing that I want you to write down. The second, the first thing, well, the first thing that I want you to do is turn your video on. I'm going to ask you one more time, turn your video on. And then I'm going to ask you one more time, turn your video on. And if you hear me, I'm talking to you. Fresno, I come from California, the Central Coast. Whoop, whoop, let's get it going. Turn your video on. That's the last time I'm going to say it. You want to know why? Because I want you to write this down. Success is not a good negotiator. Write down that Kelly Cardenas is a good negotiator. Kelly Cardenas is a good negotiator. Success is not a good negotiator. As soon as you start negotiating with success, guess what will happen? Success will leave. Right when you start to say, oh, success, I don't want to wake up at six o'clock in the morning. I don't want to wake up at five o'clock in the morning. I'm tired. Well, success is never going to show up when you're rested. Success is never going to show up when you're prepared. Am I correct on this, Deanne? Success is going to show yeah. up when you're tired, when you're nasty, when your breath is stanky, when your feet, uh, you know, when you got hammer toes, uh, when your uh, pedicure ain't happening, when you got hangnails, uh, <laughs> when your hair is all busted up. And that's when success is going to show up and it's going to knock very lightly and it's not going to knock for very long. 
And in the event that you don't answer, guess what it's going to do? It's going to go right next door and then give an opportunity to someone who has less talent than you. And I could tell you, I'm that guy. I got less talent than all of you. All of you have talent. All of you have amazing things in you. And we're going to talk about that today. But I'm the guy that keeps showing up and getting other people's lunches because the people ain't showing up to eat their lunches. So go get, right now, we're going to do a station identification. I love all of you. We are going to turn up today. We are going to have some fun today. And what I want you to do, and I'm going to say this once. I, I said the, the video thing a lot of times. But I'm going to say this once. I want you to go and get a notebook, and I want you to get a pen right now. Notebook and a pen, because you're going to write notes today. I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I'm not doing. I'm going to ask you to get a notebook and a pen. I'll give you 45 seconds to go and get it. We are going to go analog today. The reason why is because in the event that you write, the physical act of writing will cause you to have to read it. And when you write it, and then you read it, you'll speak it, and then you'll hear it. So you'll write it, you'll read it, you'll speak it, you'll hear it, and then it'll go in your brain. When your brain gets filled up, then it'll go into your heart. And then what'll happen when your heart gets filled up, it'll come out your mouth. Because your mouth is nothing more than an overflow of your heart. So when you say something nasty and you say you really didn't mean it, you actually did, because there's a lot more of that in your heart. So now what we're going to do is we want to fill your heart with amazing things. But the way that we're going to do that is through your eyes, through your ears, and through your senses. And I can tell you this. Write this down if you got your notebook already. Write this down. I will forget 95% of what I don't write down. I will forget 95% of what I don't write down. Now, I was the cool kid. I was that guy in school, right? I was the cool kid. I was like, he ain't talking to me. He ain't talking to me. I can remember all that stuff. And then you, you, you guys all have a friend like this because I know none of you guys would do it, but I know you guys have a friend like this. You know that friend that's always constantly tasting like something? You know what I'm talking about? When the teacher tells them something to do, to do something, they're like, ah, I can't believe they're talking to me. Always tasting something. And then... We always got the friend who's got a flat tire. You know what I'm talking about. Can't believe he's talking to me. And you got the friend who's got the flat tire and is tasting stuff all the time. That's not me. Can't believe they are talking to me doing that. Today, I'm talking to you. I was that knucklehead kid. That knucklehead kid that it took me so long to just do the simple things that it took, and and now that I look back at it, I'm 45 years old right now, and I like to say that because I I like to think that I don't look 45, which my kids are like, no, dad, you look 45. The kids that I work with, they're like, no, 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 you look 45, but I still think that I don't age, that everybody else just keeps aging around me. I signed a contract, so I don't age, so if you want that contract, let me know. Hit me up online. I can send it to you, and then you can register for that too so you don't age anymore. I will forget 95% of what I don't write down.
Uh, let's see, Brian. How you doing, Brian? I like your glasses. You got a good fade too, man. I like it. Thank you for having a pen. Brian, can you read those numbers to me right there? You can come off mute. What you got, Brian? 422.86. What does that mean? That's a date. That's, um, I'm not sure what else. So what was that? What would that date be? What would that represent? What would that date be? 423.86. Um, it's, it's an important date to you, but I'm not sure what, what it uh, represents. So what month is the fourth month? Okay, April. Got it. This is 22nd. Got it. 86. All right. So how many years ago was that? Oh, I got to do math now. What? Um, <laughs> 32 years ago. 33. 34. Got it. 34 years ago. How old am I? 45. So 34 years ago, how old was I? Oh, my goodness. 34 years ago, how old were you? 45. Um, so you're five years younger than me. So you were, um, what was I, 16, 11 years old. Okay, my birthday is May 23rd. So how old was I? You were 10. Got it. So what I want to do is I'm going to read you my notes from when I was 10. I want you to realize that 95% of the things you don't write down, you will forget. I'm going to share with you some notes from when I was 10 that I use in my business today. So you, you good, Brian? I'm good. All right, here we go. You need to have collateral to get money. When you have things that you don't use, that uh, uh, when you have things that you don't use, uh, use that as collateral. When you get others, uh, when you get one, the others just fall in line. You need a cosigner. When a bank has money to lend, go get it and put it in your pocket. Don't be the ordinary when you go into the bank. You are the one that has the opportunity because you are paying the interest. Don't get with the big bank they don't care about you. Go with the little banks because they need it. 423.86, you don't have time to ask why. Get everything in order. It takes more muscles to frown than to smile. You need to be in the people business all of the time. You don't need to know how to spell all the words you know uh, that you know. You need to write big so they can see it. Don't write down unless you need it. Don't write down what the professor says to write down. Write down what your brain gets out of the words. The other people won't get the opportunities that we've got if they don't do something. Don't use you can't. Use I can you need to be a person with the nicest personality. It is nice to be important, but it's better to be nice. Go out and do it. You need to get 
the attention and turn around and do it. You need to be a good seller. Close them and keep them closed. I want you to realize what you write down can make a lot of difference in your life. This was 10 years old. You see, when I was 10 years old, and I'm going to, uh, today we're going to, well, I was telling you we're going to turn up, we're going to have a good time. Today, uh, I was, I kept asking God, like, what should I, like, what's the message? Because Joaquin called me, and when Joaquin calls me, I'm coming. It's like the bat signal. Joaquin calls me anytime he calls me. I know that if Deanne calls me, Eric calls me, Joaquin calls me, I'm in, no matter what. You call me at the end of the night, in the middle of the morning, whenever, I'm in. And I kept asking, like, what do I need? What's the message? What's the message? What's the message? And then God just let me know the message is share with these people your story. Truly share your story. There's things that I could tell you guys about and they'll be wrapped into today, but I want to be able to tell you my story. At that age of 10, that was about a a year in to a course that my dad bought. So I was in fourth grade at the time. So people ask me about, a, uh, you know, how to own a business or how to, you know, start a business. How do you have a positive attitude? How can you turn up at, at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning? How can you tell people, stand in their face and be like, yo, turn your video on? When there's still people on the call that don't have their video on. The reason why is because of conditioning. So I want you to write that down. You see, I don't play with happiness. I don't play with happiness. And if you, if you are seeking happiness, you will always, always be let down. Always be let down. Because uh, happiness comes from circumstance. When I have something, yay, you guys remember when you started school, right? Did you guys start school and you got your kit and you were so excited and you went home and you showed all your parents and you pulled out all the flat irons, the flat irons and you pulled out the clips and you showed all your cousins and you were like, look at these Paul Mitchell clips and your cousins didn't even care at all unless they're a hairdresser. And then, but you showed them and you showed them everything and you told them the, uh, all the, the instructions on it. You were like, look, it's so good. And the kit, it just opens up and it's just so nice and it rolls and does all this stuff. And you were so excited about it and your parents did not care at all. They were care, they cared that you were excited, but they didn't care at all. And then what happened four weeks in? You had to get that thing out your trunk and you were like, this thing is heavy. Why I got to bring the whole kit? Why don't I just bring what I need? It's perm day. I just need perm rods. Why I got to carry this whole kit all the way through this parking lot that I had to park on the other side because I ain't allowed to park up front. Why can't I park up front? They told me that I'm coming to this school. I should be able to park right in the front. So we go from high, right? Yeah, I got my kid. I just started. I've, I got accepted to Harvard too. I'm on the low. Why they got to do this? And then you're like, yeah, I get to wear black all the time. This is so amazing. I'm a part of something. And then you're like, why are you trying to control me and tell me what I need to wear? I didn't get in this because I wanted to wear black. I got in this because I wanted to be creative. That's what I call circumstance. In the event that you're searching after happiness, you're going to be locked to circumstance. And the circumstances I could tell you are not going to be great in your life all the time. What I would suggest is that you seek after joy. Joy is a mindset. And so people ask me about my mindset all the time. So I want to share with you today where that mindset comes from. You see, at 10 years old, actually it was nine years old, my dad uh, bought a course. It was a course. It was a millionaire course. And 
these courses are awesome. They're out there today too. And so my dad, my dad bought the course and he was so excited. It cost $4,500 and we didn't have $4,500, but he invested in it because he, it was a millionaire course. They said, you're going to be a millionaire. Then he got the course and all the course taught you is these principles, which was good, but it taught you all these principles and then taught you to go and sell the course. And that's how you were going to become a millionaire. But what he got us into is every single day from the time I was nine until the time I was 11 years old, every single day after school, five days a week, I had to take 10 pages of notes on the course before I could go out and play. On top of this, my dad took an auto-reverse Walkman. Some of you guys are old school, and you know what a Walkman is. Joaquin is laughing because he knows what a Walkman is. He probably still got it in his car right now. He didn't even upgrade to Discman. He got a Walkman. My dad took an old-school Walkman, broke, the, uh, broke the, the headphones off of it. Headphones are different nowadays, the ones that I got on, but they're this now. And they're so nice and neat, and they just connect here, but they weren't like that back in the day. They had the click, 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 and they had the foam on top of them, and you couldn't hear very well, and they had the smack, like, click to turn on your uh, reverse or your, your uh, Walkman. And then uh, I could see you, Ashley. You're just like, I don't know what you're talking about, sir, because I don't know what a Walkman is. It was a cassette tape. It's weird. You had to rewind stuff. You couldn't just listen to your song. You couldn't just play your song. You had to rewind it and then just time it to be able to get there. It's really weird. Probably in a time capsule in your backyard. Your dad buried it. So my dad took this auto-reverse Walkman and broke the headphones off and then uh, strung the, the one uh, uh, headphone through the wall because my brother and I had adjoining walls. He drilled a hole through the wall put the, the headphone through the wall and then in my brother's room and then put the auto-reverse tape uh, there. And then, so auto-reverse was, was big time because it would just continuously play the cassette. Before, you used to have to get to the end of the cassette and then you have to take it out and turn it over and put it in. That's the kind Joaquin still has to this day. Checking his car right now, he's still got it. But we got auto-reverse, so we were big time. And my dad took these cassettes these millionaire course success, uh, success tapes and motivational tapes and put them, put the headphone in my pillow. And so every night for eight to 10 hours, I had to do what's called sleep teaching. So every night for ten, eight to 10 hours, I had to listen to motivational tapes and success tapes on how to be able to build business, how to be able to have relationships with bankers. And I was nine years old from the time I was nine till the time I was 11, seven days a week, I was not allowed to turn the auto reverse uh, tape player off unless, and, or I'd have to deal with my dad. So if you do the math on this, that's eight to 10 hours a day, let's call it 10 hours a day, seven days a week, that's 70, right? 70 times 50 weeks in a year is 3,500. 3,500 times two years is 7,000. So 7,000 hours of motivational and inspirational and business tapes were in my brain by the time I was 11 years old. I'll put this in perspective for you. Some of you have just got a hold of Instagram or maybe changing your life a little bit or maybe reading a book. If you were to take one hour and dedicate it to listen to a positive tape or a podcast, which you should listen to, and I'd like you to uh, subscribe to mine, it would be awesome. If you did that for one hour a day, which is a lot, that would be seven days, and you did that for seven days a week, that would be seven hours. Seven hours times 50 weeks in a year would be 350 It would take you 20 years 
to listen to the same amount of stuff that I listened to by the time I was 11 at one hour a day. The reason why I say this is because when people ask me about my positive attitude or the way in which I view things and my mindset, it doesn't come in a day. So I want you to write that down. My journey starts today. My journey starts today. I had a girl on the call the other day and she, I, uh, she was like, how do you deal with it when you get a positive mindset and then you go to work and everybody else is negative? How do you deal with that? And I said, well, how long have you had a positive mindset? She's like, well, I've had it pretty much my whole life. And I said, well, how old are you? She said, 33. I said, cool. When did you start? She's like, at 14. I said, how much were you consuming at 14? She was like, sometimes, a little bit. And I said, so you didn't really start listening at 14, did you? And she's like, no. And I said, okay, so when did you really start listening? And she's like, two years ago. I said, okay, so you're 33 years old. You have 31 years worth of programming one way and then two years the other way. Do you th- which dog do you think is going to win? So I want you to write this down. You got three dogs or four dogs in your life. Four dogs, right? Four dogs. One, personal. Two, professional. Three, spiritual. Four, financial. You got four dogs. Whichever one you feed gets bigger. And whichever one is the biggest overrides the rest. So if you only invest in your financial mind, your financial mind will overtake everything else. If you only feed the spiritual one, the spiritual one will override everything else. You only do the personal one, the personal one will override everything else. If you just do the professional one, the professional one will override everything else. You see, a lot of people are living with one rabid German shepherd and three chihuahuas. And I want you to ask yourself, who's the chihuahua in your life? Okay, so I'm 11 years old. I'm having to do these things. Now, I'm not saying that I had to walk, you know, three miles or 20 miles uphill both ways with no shoes. I had a good childhood. I had a good time. But these principles that I didn't realize that was happening was going into my subconscious for two years, eight hours a day. I was pissed, though. I was mad because every time a kid would come and spend the night with me, you can imagine I was the weird kid. I wouldn't want them sleeping in my bed. They couldn't sleep in my bed. Why? Because they would have to listen to this tape. And then they would be like, why do you have a headphone in your pillow? And then I'd have to explain, I sleep teach. What is sleep teaching? You know, when you're fourth grade, you don't want to be different from everybody else. And this is weird. It's even weird today. But I could tell you this, the next book I release, I'm actually going to release it with a sleep teaching method. So people tell me all the time, I don't have time to listen to books. I ain't trying to ask you to listen to my book. I ain't even trying to ask you to read my book. What I'm going to have you do is just play it in your pillow or in your headphone while you sleep. It'll go into your subconscious. Subconscious learning is one of the most powerful things that you can do. But there's a lot of things that are going into ourselves subconsciously that we don't really understand. So as I went through, right, so we, uh, the, the other thing that we had to do is on the weekends, we had to mow three lawns before we could go out and play. On top of, before we could go, we, we had to go out and mow three lawns, we also had to write out what's called a ship. And what a ship is, you guys are asking. So I'm, uh, thank you for so much for asking, Henry, because I'm going to tell you. So what a ship is, is a cassette tape. And Ashley, Knox, I love you. You probably don't know what a cassette tape is. Am I correct on this? You don't know. Do you? Yes? I'm joking with you, Ashley. I know you, I saw the roll, roll of the eyes. I'm joking with you. Do you have a cassette tape right now? 
you rolled your eyes. So when's the last time you listened to a cassette tape? You acted like you, you, uh, you're old school. Are you old school? Okay. All right, cool. You're, you're mad. Cause I'm giving you a hard time. I'm only giving you a hard time. Cause I love you, Ashley. You're good. You're going to get a lot of hard time in this industry. Yes. There we go. Awesome. Watch out for the fingers though. Um, so yes, got it. So we would have to do these ships and we had to write out a hundred of them. 100. So they were cassette tapes and I have to write out Thomas Cardenas. I had to write out. Yes, yes, yes. Thomas Cardenas. And then 1109 Cottonwood, Vandenberg Air Force Base, 93437. And then write out our uh, 1-800 number on 100 cassette tapes. And then we would package them because those were the advertisement. This was before Instagram. And we would send them out. So we would package them up and put stamps on them for my dad. So 100 of those. Then we would have to go out and mow three lawns before we could play. So my dad, I thought that he had, I think that he had a, 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 a thought process in this. Because by the time you write out 100 tapes, by the time you go and ask as many people as you can to be able to mow three lawns and you get to mow the three lawns, by that time the day is over. So my dad had what's called fun alert. He just didn't want us to have any fun at all. He just wanted us to work. I give him a hard time to this day. You got to follow him on Instagram. It's Big Tom Cardenas. I call him Pops. So we would have to do these things. And at the time, I was mad. I was mad because I just wanted to play. I was mad because of all these things. But it's amazing because 14 years ago when I started my business, these were all the principles that I started my business on. And they were things that I wrote down at nine, 11 years old. And as I went through and it was just a note taking and it was just writing down, not what the person was saying. As I told you guys, it was writing down what you hear. So I want you to write this down today. You will hear nothing that I say, nothing, nothing. The way that I learned this is I was at Caper and Deanne and Eric, I believe you were there. And when I got to uh, speak at Caper the last time, the last time that I went, it was phenomenal. I had so much fun. It was probably one of the coolest times ever. I got to a chance to be able to speak on surrender. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was hands up, hands, uh, hands on your head and hands behind your back. Powerful. It was crazy. Standing ovation. Like 2,500 kids in the place. I had to uh, stay there for like an hour and a half afterwards because people were asking, you know, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Pictures, all the stuff. It was so amazing. I'm not saying I'm great. I'm just saying that day was gangster. And every kid that came up said, you changed my life. Thank you so much. And then I asked a question you should never ask. Write this down. This is a question you should never ask. So what'd you take away from today? And I remember the first girl, because she was like, oh my gosh, you changed my whole life. Thank you so much. I took so much from this. I said, what'd you take away from today? And she looked me dead in my eyes and said, you told me to be myself, keep doing what I'm doing, and I'm on the right track. And I was thinking, I didn't say any of that. And I don't know you, and I don't know what you're doing, and you could be on the wrong track. And as I asked, it was more and more and nothing. 75% of the people that answered that question did not, told me things that I did not say. And I was so down and so busted up afterwards. And I should have been on high because it was probably one of the greatest times that I've ever been on stage and done what I did. And then we went to Disneyland afterwards and I'm with my kids and I'm celebrating. And my wife is like, hey, we're at the happiest place on earth. And we're with our family. We're loving this. This is so awesome. And I was like, baby, I'm kind of down. She's like, why are you down? How can you be down? We're at the happiest place. You just got off stage. 
everything is good. And I was like, man, and I told her the story. And then she just looked at me and my wife is super wise. You need to follow her too. Her name is Brooklyn Cardenas on Instagram. Brooklyn Cardenas, at Brooklyn Cardenas. She will change your life. She's doing all things at 100%. She is an entrepreneur. She's a multi-salon owner. She's a national educator. Um, she's a, she actually trains all the trainers for Paul Mitchell now. Um, she, I mean, she's got her own blog called Dirty Girl that stretches a blow dry for seven days. I mean, this girl is gangster. Uh, behind the chair hairdresser. Uh, she's a, a mom, a, a, a wife. She does it all at 100%. So she debunks the theory that is like, I can't, uh, if I'm going to be a mom, I can't be a hairdresser at the level that I want to. Yes, you can. But she's so simple. So she looked at me and I was like, I'm down. And I thought she was going to like get into my feelings. We were going to talk about it for a while. And she was like, people won't hear what you say. Write that down. People won't hear what you say. They won't see what you do. They'll only hear where they're at. People won't see or hear what you say. They won't see what you do. They only hear where you're at, where they're at, where they're at. And you see all the people in the audience that I thought were getting so hyped up, they were only hearing where they're at. If you're struggling in your marriage today, the only thing that you will hear today out of my mouth is things that will pertain to your marriage getting better or you getting through that. If you're struggling financially, all you'll hear is the financial part. If you are struggling with personal relationships or you're struggling with discipline or you're struggling with business or all those things, that's the only thing that you'll hear and you'll shun everything else. Because people will only hear where they're at. And once you find out where they're at, now you could deliver a message on a completely different level. So that was the base, the foundation, 9 to 11, getting all that stuff. Now, I'm not saying that I'm great because of it. I was mad because of it. And I had no idea what it was going to do. Fast forward, my dad says that, you know, we're going to uh, uh, take the dog to the groomer. And... He says, I don't know if you guys have a dad like this, but I do. That says, why am I going to take the dog to a groomer? I could shave the dog myself. How many of you guys have a dad like that? Why are you going to get a Western bacon cheeseburger at Carl's Jr.? I can make that at home. No, you can't, dad. doesn't taste anything like it at all. You don't need to get a new bike. I'll just spray paint your old one. Dad, it's going to look like a spray-painted bike by you, and you're not good at it. So he bought dog clippers. And with those dog clippers, we thought, we got a Cocker Spaniel. What's hard about a Cocker Spaniel? It's short on the top and long on the bottom. You just take the dog and you just shave the dog. Everything is good. But we didn't realize that you need to chain the dog up. So we sat the dog down, and we took the clippers to it, and it ran off. And that was the last time we ever tried to shave a dog. But we had dog clippers and we put them away. And then one time I needed a haircut and we couldn't afford a haircut. So you know what happened? My brother took me in the bathroom and he's my older brother. So my older brother, and then I got an older, older brother. So my older brother took the clippers to my head. Now my older, older brother was watching and he was laughing, but I was the younger, younger brother. So the younger, younger brother, you either take what you're getting or you take an ass beating. So I was thinking, I'm going to either get this jacked up haircut and have an ass beaten, or I'm just going to take this haircut. So I just took the haircut, and it was a bad one. So that brother becomes a lawyer that cut my hair. The one that was laughing becomes a doctor. And this guy, who chose not to take an ass beaten, became a hairdresser. 
we put those clippers away because we didn't, I, I didn't want them to mess anybody else up for two years. And then my buddy was like, yo, I need a haircut. And I didn't realize that, you know, hair was different. I just thought it was all the same. Well, my buddy looks a little bit different than me. He's mixed black and white and he's a little bit darker and his hair is a little bit stronger. And I thought we could do this, but my family was kind of ghetto. We lived in a double wide. And as opposed to buying new things, we put duct tape on them when they broke. Anybody feeling me? Some of you guys ain't shaking your head. Hey, there's more ghetto people in this place than, than just me. How many of you guys ever iron dirty clothes? Raise your hand. You're ghetto. Yeah? How many of you guys ever used the soap until it's like the size of a Tic Tac and cupped your hand and then rubbed it on your body around? Yes. And then this one, just get them all. How many of you guys ever got down to the last bit of your shampoo and added water to it, shook it around, and then used it? Yep. So I'm not the only one. So we had duct tape on the clippers, and we, well, my brother went to do one side, and in a double-wide bathroom, it's kind of small, so he went to hand the clippers to me, and I had to kind of turn around and grab them behind my back, and as I grabbed them behind my back, the clipper guard fell off, and I didn't realize, so I ran up the side of my buddy's head with a zero, and it was before a skin fade was cool. Well, he had a box, so he had a box out this way and up top, almost kind of Rubik's Cube itch on his head. So I shaved it up to his temple, and when I got to the temple, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to fade, so I just shaved it up there. Like, I hit it, and he was like, ah, and I was like, ah, and then I was thinking, he's going to kill me, and, and your mom's going to kill me, and then we were like, we got to make lemonade, so I want you to write that down. When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. All you have to do is add a little bit of sugar and a little bit of water. How many of you guys have been served some lemons recently? I was deemed non-essential for 12 weeks, right? That's some sour stuff. But I also, guys, got a chance to distance learn. I got a chance to be able to do this. I get a chance to be with you guys. Why? Because we're doing this. Got a chance to start the podcast. And now I'm able to do the things that I was doing before, but now I do them from my home. Lemonade. So I shaved up the side of his head, and as I got up to the side of his head, I was like, ah, what do I do? And then we just like... I mean, I guess we just shaved the whole thing. And so we shaved all the way around his head, you can imagine, to my hat line, all the way around his head, and it came out three inches and then went up like six inches. So it looked like a big brick of cheese on top of his head. And you can imagine what his mom did when we got back to the house. And then we put the clippers away for probably about two years after that because he was like, there's no way this is happening again. And then my buddy needed a, a haircut and we were in the garage and I ended up cutting in the garage and did it and I did it again and it got a little bit better. It still wasn't great, but it was, it was still awful, but it was a little bit better than the first time because write this down, anything I do over and over again, I'll get better at. And then I want you to write down, that if you don't like something, it's just because you suck at it. If you don't like something, it's just because you suck at it. Like if you say, I don't like haircutting, it's because you suck at it. It's a muscle. If you do it over and over again, you get a little bit better. And when you get better at it, you'll like it. I didn't like golf for a long time. Why? Because I sucked at it. I'm still not good, but I'm better than I was. You just got to do it. No one is natural at hairdressing. No one. No one comes out of the womb and is like, oh, I could just braid hair or I could just do it. No, it's, it's work. It's just a muscle. And I sucked really, really bad. But the second time I did it, I didn't suck as bad. And then tried it again. 
didn't work that, I mean, a little bit better. And then right before I uh, graduated from high school, my, uh, I was cutting in my mom's kitchen and I was never sweeping well. And my mom, my mom said, why don't you go to school for that? I don't think it's because she saw any talent. I think it's because I didn't sweep up well. And she wanted me out of her kitchen. So she, she said, why don't you go to school? And so I looked into it and they said, it's going to be eight hours a day, 10 days, or 10, uh, eight hours a day, five days a week for 10 months. And I was like, you are smoking crack. Now, if you smoke crack, I don't mean to offend you, but you shouldn't smoke crack. I mean, actually, there's you know, maybe some good things from it. You stay skinny. Maybe you have some weird friends. You might lose your teeth, though. <laughs> you work at a con- carnival. You get on the rides for free. I had a friend, this is a side story, I had a friend, I was at a wedding at the Four Seasons in, uh, in Orlando just recently, got flown across the country, this is nuts, a kid who started in a, uh, in a uh, double-wide mobile home bathroom, got flown all the way across the country to the Four Seasons in Orlando, and got paid to blow-dry some hair. And while I'm there, I talked to this guy, my buddy, and we were, now he's my buddy, and we just started talking, and he starts just telling me a story. You guys ever met someone like this? He starts telling me a story, and he's like, yeah, da, da, da. and he's like, you know, I struggled with some stuff, and I was like, do tell, and he said, I struggled with smoking crack, and I was like, wow, and I just asked him, I was like, did you ever consider not smoking crack because the joke, like, are you smoking crack? You know what I'm talking about? Like, when your friend is acting crazy, and you're like, what, you smoking crack? And I asked him, I said, did you ever not want to smoke crack because if you were at a party and someone, you know, you acted a fool and someone said, do you, what do you smoke a crack? And you would have to say, yep. And he started laughing and I started laughing and we connected and it was amazing. So the reason why I'm joking about it is because I really have a friend who used to smoke crack and, and he was like, yeah, I did think about that. And I said, how much of that percentage was got you to stop smoking crack? He was like, actually, it was a little bit. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So when they told me eight hours a day, five days a week for 10 months, I was thinking, you're smoking crack. Like, seriously, you're on something because there's no way I didn't. I mean, I wasn't that good at high school anyway. So another year of high school and you're going to ask me to pay for it. High school for me was free. There is no way on earth that I'm going someplace for eight hours a day, five days a week when all my buddies are going to go to community college or to college, take a couple classes, have a lot of parties and just get after it and turn up for like three, four years and then just be in debt up to their eyeballs. I thought that's the way. But then I realized on the way home, I was driving home back to, uh, to Lompoc from Santa Maria. It's about 20 minutes. If you're not on mute, if you can mute, it would help because it cuts you out. It cuts out uh, things. So if you, are, if, you, if you don't have mute on, if you can, it would be awesome. If you're not on mute, if you can mute, it would be awesome. Cool, thanks. So... When I'm driving back to uh, to Lompoc from Santa Maria, it's about 20 minutes, and when God, God spoke to me, I was like, uh, He asked me, like, what are you going to have to show after you get done with community college if you went for 10 months? And I was like, nothing. I won't even have an associate's degree. And then he asked me, what are you going to have if you go for 10 months to hair school? And I said, a license. And he said, that's what I want you to do. And then 
because of my upbringing and my conditioning, you remember my dad, we go back there. My dad, the way that he raised me was that if you're going to do something, you do it at a hundred percent or you don't do it at all. So write that down. If I'm going to do something, I do it at a hundred percent or I don't do it at all. Write that down. If I do something and I don't do it a hundred percent, don't do it at all. And that applies in this industry guys, because there's no reason this is way too much work. This is way too much work. If you don't go hundred percent in, this is not a weekend gig. If it's a weekend gig, you're going to quit. I can guarantee you because you won't get any results. But I could tell you the other side of it, going from a double wide mobile home, jacking up people's hair to flying across the country, like literally flying across the country. And I did nothing, nothing. I blow dried like two heads of hair, stood there, high fived people. And everyone's like, oh, thank you so much. And I was thinking, thank you. If you go 100% in in this business, you could have anything you want and you don't even have to be good. So God told me, what are you going to have? And I said, the license. He said, this is what you need to do. So I said, okay, cool. And my dad, my conditioning, because my mindset, right? We talked about mindset and that comes from conditioning. My mindset was, if I'm going to do something, write it again and underline it. If I'm going to do something, I do it at 100% or I don't do it at all. So I started jumping right in, right in, right in, all in. And I started reading magazines and I started like researching. And this was hard because I was working at a garage, changing oil in cars with mechanics. And you can imagine when they were like, why aren't you going to work at the shop anymore? I was like, because I'm going to school. And they were like, for what? And I was like, stuff. Because I wasn't telling him I was going to be a hairdresser in 1993. You ain't trying to say you're a hairdresser. Am I correct on this, Joaquin? In 1993, it wasn't like the cool thing to be a hairdresser. That was not it. It wasn't a cool thing to be anything. We weren't talking about nothing. Today, you guys have it real good. You're talking about a lot of stuff. Like, yay, I love my lifestyle. That wasn't, in 1993, that wasn't happening. You know what I did? I took all the Vogue and I took all the L magazines and I was reading them. And while I was waiting for my dad to pick me up from the shop, and you know what I did? I just put them inside of Popular Mechanics. So while I was reading them, then all the mechanics thought I was reading Popular Mechanics. And when they roll in, I just close it real quick, set it on the table. And they didn't know that I was reading about Vogue and reading about L because I wanted to know what women were thinking. So then I go into hair school and I'm just in and I'm thinking, you guys ever walk in with swagger? Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. You walk in, you're just like, hair school, no problem. I braided my girl's hair in seventh grade. I'm ready for this hairdressing thing. (laughs) Boys, you know what I'm talking about. The barbers in the place. Yo, I faded somebody. I'm good. And then you roll in and you're like, I don't know nothing at all. Because I used to fade it up. I could fade. I could fade with the best of them. And I was like, I got this, no problem. I'm going to teach these teachers. And then I rolled in, and the first day they had cutting, my buddy, my, my, uh, I call him my, I call, call him my buddy. Hold on for a second. I call him my buddy, and uh, that was Margaret Crow. He's calling me, sorry. Uh, I, I, had to, I had to shut her down because you're that important, Fresno. Woo, woo. <laughs> I'm recording this too, so she's going to get it. So, in core, you guys remember when you got to cut the first time? Well, Mickey, my core teacher, he's like, yo, we're going to cut today. And I said, good. He said, section it off. I sectioned it off. He's like, comb it down. He, I took the first uh, cut. He's like, take off an inch. 
And I, I cut it. And I don't know what I did. I can't remember to this day. But he was like, all right, we're going to do our second section. I want everybody to do your second section with your comb and your scissors. And he was like, except for Kelly. Kelly, give me your comb. Give me your scissors. You're going to pretend like you're doing the second section. <laughs> because I did it so bad the first time that he was like, he made me pretend like I had a comb and pretend that my fingers were scissors. And then I had to pretend like I was cutting off an inch because I was so bad at it when I did my first one. And he didn't let me cut for the rest of the time. I had to do the whole lesson while everybody else got to cut. And I just had to pretend. And in school, I was not good at roller setting. I was not good at any, I could fade, but I was not good at anything. Like I borrowed everybody else's tools. I was awful. I was that kid that you didn't want to sit next to. You know the one that I'm talking about. And if you don't know who they are, it's probably you. And then I made a deal with my learning leaders. Joaquin, close your ears. Eric, close your ears. Deanne, close your ears. Because I made a deal with my learning leaders, and I was like, look, I'm, you know I could fade, so give me all the fades for every three men's haircuts I do. Give me uh, credit for a shampoo and set. So my negotiating skills, right, that I learned when I was 11 came right into play. So I would do three. I would, get, I would do four haircuts. I would get uh, credit for a perm. And then you know what I would do is I would take the mannequin head, and we were doing perms, and I would do the mannequin head. I'd wrap the whole thing one time, right? And then I'd go and show the, uh, the uh, learning leader. And then I would have three of my friends come up and get theirs checked too, so it would be a diversion. I would leave. I would unwrap one section, wet the whole thing down, and then act like I was wrapping the whole thing again, and I would just end up with that last one, and then I'd bring it back up after like a half an hour and get credit for it again. I was awful. My favorite part of school was hiding in the dispensary. I would hide in the dispensary where the towels were, and when you would go in and they would hand you a towel, I'd jump out, rah! They used to have, at the front, they used to have a microphone, and you should never do this, Deanne. You should never do this, Eric. This is not a good idea. But they had a microphone like this, and I liked microphones, and I was like, this is cool. So when a guest would come in, they, they would announce that Judy was here for a haircut with Kelly. And you would hear this announcement over all the school. Can you imagine how embarrassing this is and how bad this, this system was? But this is how we had it. So the person would come in and they would charge. It was $3 for a haircut, $4 if you got a cream rinse. And you would write on the little receipt from the cash register the name and a haircut. And then you would write like Christina. And that was the hairdresser. And then you'd be like, Christina, Judy's here. Christina, Judy's here. And then she'd come up and she would get her ticket, and then she would talk to Christina or whatever, or the guest or whatever. And this, uh, you know, uh, more mature couple came in, and I was having a good time. So I was like, it was Santa Maria Beauty College. So Santa Maria Beauty College, so SMBC. So I was like, hey, everybody, welcome to SMBC Radio. This is Kelly on the ones and twos. We've got a haircut for Christina, a haircut for Christina. Judy is waiting for you at the front. And then she would come up. And then there was a girl named Yolanda. Didn't speak that well in English, but I would give her a hard time. Now, I, she didn't, now I'm not giving her a hard time because she didn't speak English, but she was... Uh, she, she's a Mexican girl and I'm Mexican, so I can make this joke. You, if you're not Mexican, you can't make this joke, but she couldn't speak. She couldn't speak English very well. She had a really broken accent, but I, we would talk back and forth. We were really good friends, but I give her a hard time all the time. 
And there was a guest that came in and she was a, a, a more mature woman and her husband. Well, she told me, she's like, my husband can't hear very well. And I was like, okay. Uh, so, um, and obviously the, I probably was, you know, I'm probably not going to go to heaven for this, but they come in and he's getting, uh, she, he's not getting anything. He's just waiting with her and she gets a haircut. So I think it would be funny to get, uh, write on a receipt haircut with Yolanda and then write the guy's name on there. Well, I chose to write the, the, uh, alternate name for Richard on the receipt. And so Yolanda rolls up and she's like, is it Richard? And I, you know, but the other name and I was like, yeah, it's him, but he can't hear very well. So you got to say it loud. (laughs) And so she turns around and she's like, Richard, obviously the other name. And he doesn't respond. And then she's like, Richard, and doesn't respond. And I was like, get closer to him. So she gets right in his face and is like, Richard, (laughs) it's not him. This was my time in beauty school. I was not good. I didn't do good hair. Didn't do any of those things, but I just kept showing up. And I kept having a lot of fun. And I loved every single day of it. I didn't hate going to school. I loved it. I loved doing the stuff. Um, And then uh, there was a guy named Juan Dior come in. And so Juan Dior comes in. So I want you to write that down. I want you to write down, I do not have to be good. I do not have to be good. And then I want you to write down, I am enough. Like, I am enough. You're enough just being you. Okay. Now, I was a knucklehead. Don't be a knucklehead. Listen, write stuff down, be good. It'll help you. I had to backtrack a lot because I was a knucklehead in a lot of places. But there was a a guy named Juan Dior and he came in for a two-day haircutting class and it was was a a hands-on. I was so excited, but it was $99. And my mom made $800, $200 a week under the table, um, and if you guys are judging me, I apologize. We'll pay the taxes at some point, And I paid them anyway. I paid like $10,000 in payroll taxes last week. So, I mean, I could tell you that I'm making up for it. But my mom, under the table, $200 a week. So that's $800 a month, four weeks in a month. And that's how much she made. And our rent payment was $700. So we had $100 to be able to live outside of our rent. Now I come home with my ungrateful butt with no job from beauty school. And I said, mom, there's a class for $99 that I want to go to. And you know what my mom did? As opposed to smacking me upside my head like she should, because if you spare the rod, you uh, you spoil the child. (laughs) At least that's what my dad taught me. As opposed to doing that, she said, we'll do this, son. And she saved, and she saved, and she saved. And for six weeks, she saved from quarters to pennies to dimes, and she got that $99. And that $99 got me to that class. And when I went to that class with Juan Dior, it was a two-day hands-on, and I was in. I saw them flipping their scissors, and I thought, if, you, if I could flip my scissors, now I'll be in. But I learned how to flip my scissors, still couldn't do nothing, couldn't cut hair for nothing. But I could flip my scissors. But I was watching him and he was cutting hair. He's doing all this stuff. And then he said, you know what? We're going to put all your names in a hat and we're going to draw two names. And those two names are going to be able to go with us to the Long Beach Hair Show. And you could assist me at the Long Beach Hair Show. And I was like, man, I would love that. But there's a lot of names in that hat and there's no way. And then they pulled the names. And guess whose name got pulled? 
this guy. And what I saw as an opportunity, because people always ask, like, what's your big break? When did it start to click for you? And I was like, well, this is one of the times when it clicked, but you know what the opportunity was? Is to go to the Long Beach Hair Show, which I had to get there. I didn't have a car to be able to get there. So I had that girl, Yolanda, that I gave a hard time to. I had to be nice to her because she had a Monte Carlo, like a 79 Monte Carlo. And about five of us hopped in that bad boy and got one hotel room with five of us, slept on the floor, went to uh, the Long Beach Hair Show. And we snuck three people in because two of us had won. And when I got there, I thought it was going to be this huge stage, huge production. And I swear to on my life, the stage was that high off the ground. And the stage was maybe eight by 10, eight foot by 10 foot. And we were cutting hair. He was cutting hair that far off the ground. But to me, that was like the biggest thing in the entire world. And the way that we got models is I was like, wow, where's the models going to be? Because I was thinking about Fashion Week and I was thinking about Elle magazine. I was thinking about all these things. And they said, the way we're going to get models is you're going to walk around the convention center and you're going to ask people if they want to get their haircut. So I walked around and I asked everybody and I was so excited for the opportunity. And I said, you know, I'd love for you to get your haircut by Juan Dior. He is the man. He is the best. And then when I got to shampoo him, I had to take him in the bathroom. And in the bathroom, they took a, a chair, just a regular chair, and they pushed it up to the sink. And they got a hose connected to it with some tape. And the hose went off the sink. And then you had to straddle, stand over the top of the woman in a regular sink in a bathroom in a convention center and shampoo the head. And I would do that. I did that for eight to ten hours. Every model that I got, I shampooed them while I'm straddling over the top of them. Like, yeah, Juan Dior is a man. You're about to get the best haircut ever, baby. Here we go. And then I take him over there. And then when I got done, he was like, you did such a good job. I got another opportunity for you. I said, what's the opportunity? I want it. He said, Sacramento, we got a show. If you could get there, we got you. I said, I'm in. But I didn't have a car. So I asked my brother, because he had a car, 86 uh, CRX that was crashed. Like crashed in the back. It was nice. Ladies, you would roll up on one side. You'd be like, yeah, I want to talk to him. You would roll up on the other side. You'd be like, damn. Some of you need to be checking both sides of the CRX before you start dating, though. Write that down. (laughs) So we drove up. I don't know where uh, Sacramento is. I know this is going to be crazy, Evelyn, because there was no GPS at this time. And you're thinking, no GPS. How can you get anywhere? There was nothing. It was called a map. Big piece of paper. Pull it out. Didn't know which way it went. So I drive up and my brother was like, well, we could drive up and my friends are in San Jose and you drop me in San Jose. I'll hang with my friends and then you could take the car and go to Sacramento. So I was like, cool. So I dropped him off in San Jose. We lived in Lompoc. We drove up to uh, San Jose, dropped him off, hung with his friends. And then I drove to uh, San, uh, San Jose or drove to Sacramento, had no credit cards, had no money, had no cell phone, had no nothing. And I still don't know how I got to the convention center, but I got there. And I was thinking I made it. They told me I, they got me. I'm in. And I go to the convention center and I don't even know where to go. I just park in the parking lot and I find an open door and I walk through the convention center and I'm looking around for Juan Dior. And then I finally find him and I'm like, yes, we're in. I saw the stage. It's this far off. Eight to 10. I already know the routine. I'm going to be shampooing over the top. I'm in. I already have the system. And then we get done with the first day. We set everything up. We're ready to go. And I'm thinking, man, we're going back to the Ritz Carlton, the Four Seasons. We're in now. 
And the ladies were talking about, they're like, yeah, okay, uh, Juan and Joshua, we're going back to our hotel. And I was like, cool, why are they saying they're going back to their hotel? We're all going back to the hotel. And Joshua and, uh, and Juan were like, all right, girls, we'll see you in the morning. And I was like, where are we going, guys? Maybe we got a different hotel. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're right here. And then we walk out in the parking lot, and there is a no-lie RV parked in the parking lot of the Sacramento Hair Show. And two dudes that I do not know are like, yo, this is where we're staying. And so for the weekend, this opportunity was me finding a car, driving all the way to Sacramento, not knowing how to get there, and staying in an RV with two strange dudes that I have no idea who these guys are. So I get done with that hair show, and after that hair show, I'm like, man, this is it. Like, I'll do whatever. What do you need? And they're like, we got another opportunity. And I said, what's the opportunity? They said, well, we got a hair show in uh, Disneyland. I was thinking, yes, I made it. And they said, if you can make it, we got you. I'm in. But I got no car to make it to Disneyland. So I go to my buddy Casey because my car wouldn't make it. I have 63 Impala. Still got it to this day. Now it'll make it to Disneyland. But it wouldn't make it to Disneyland at the time. So I went to my buddy Casey. I was like, yo, you got a Honda Civic and I have a 63 Impala. But it wasn't cool then. It's cool now, but it wasn't cool then. And I was like, yo, I'll trade you cars for the weekend so I can make it to this hair show. He's like, I'm in. So I drove up, but the, the caveat here is that the hair show was actually on my birthday. So it was on my 19th birthday. I'd never spent my birthday away from my family ever. But where I spent my birthday was in a Motel 6 that I didn't have the money to be able to buy, but I spent it in a Motel 6 by myself walking around a convention show uh, center, shampooing women in a bathroom and selling products. But at these hair shows, I started to be exposed to a completely different side of life. The first hair show that I went to that was at the Long Beach hair show, the first one that I told you about the opportunity that I got that drove up with the 79 uh, Monte Carlo. You see, when I was in hair school, uh, the administrator pulled me aside and said, if you do anything in your life, follow this woman. She showed me a picture of a blonde-headed woman. That blonde-headed woman, I had no idea who it was, but I got to the first hair show and I looked up on stage and I saw the blonde-headed woman. Well, she happened to be with a blonde-headed guy. And the blonde-headed guy was talking about everybody else on stage and not himself. And he was promoting every single other person. And I was like, man, he's the guy. So then I went to all the other hair shows, right? And when I get done with one, I'm thinking, like, oh, after that, that birthday time, I'm thinking, this is it. I made it. And then my parents tell us, hey, my brother, both my brothers are moving to Memphis right after I get done with hair school. And, you know, we think you should move out to Memphis. And I was like, oh, man, but Juan Dior is out in L.A. And, you know, I'm going to do this and that. And they're like, just come out and work. So I said, I'll just go and work for a little bit, move to Memphis. And when I get there, I'm thinking, I ain't going to do much, but I'm just going to move back to California and work with Juan Dior. And then I got a job in Memphis. I rolled around, looked at a salon. It was a busy salon. I rolled up and I said, who do I need to talk to? They said, Danny Box. Danny Box comes up and he says, you need to talk to Philip Gould. And I said, well, give me his phone number. So he, I got his phone number and come to find out, dude owned 13 salons. I get an appointment with him. I walk into his uh, office and I have no experience at all. I just got out of beauty school. I just got my license to California. I roll in and he's got all kinds he's like Ron Burgundy, leather bound books, smells of rich mahogany, 
you got a big old chair, and I sit down in the chair, sit back, and I cross my legs. And he's like, how can I help you, sir? And I said, well, you can, I want to be educated. I want to be an educator. I want to be a platform artist. I want to travel the world. If your company could do that for me, sir, I would love to be able to work with you. But if not, can you please not waste my time? And then I sat back, and I was so nervous because I didn't have a job, and I had never had a job before, and I thought this guy was going to smack me. And he looked at me, and he was like, okay we'll be able to give you a call back. And like three hours later, he gave me a call back and he gave me an opportunity in a a little salon called Bartlett. But he told me first, he said, I want to tell you that we train the number one platform artist in the whole entire world. And he told me the name and I was like, I don't know any of these people because I didn't know about hair and all the things. So I was like, cool, he's done it before. So maybe he could do it for me. Three hours later, he calls me and tells me he gets a job. And then after that, uh, uh, when I get the job, then I look in American Salon, I open it up. And when I open it up, it's two pages, and it's uh, an ad, and it's this big, huge article about that uh, this, this hairdresser. He's really famous. And I looked down, and I was like, man, I know him. He was the guy on the stage at the first hair show that I saw standing next to the blonde-headed woman that my teacher, administrator, told me if I do anything in my uh, career, follow this woman. And he was the guy that was on stage talking about everybody else that I really connected with. And then I looked over, and I looked at his name, and his name was exactly the name that the guy in Memphis told me that he had trained and was a part of his company. And his name was Robert Cromans. And the blonde-headed woman was Jean Bra. So I started following Robert Cromans for two and a half years. Every hair show that I could get to, I sat in the front row. Anytime I could get there, I would sit in the front row and I'd pass him my card every single time for two and a half years, anywhere he would go. Robert, my name is Kelly Cardenas. 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 Here's my card. Here's my card. Here's my card. Anywhere I could go. And I traveled all the way. Uh, the one, one of the times I traveled all the way from Memphis, Tennessee to Oklahoma City. And I didn't have enough money to be able to fly, so I drove. And it was 10 hours. And I drove at 4 o'clock on a Saturday after I was worked for five days. And then I uh, drove at uh, 4 o'clock, and it took me 10 hours. So I got in at like 2 o'clock in the morning. We had to be the model call at 6. J.C. Meehan created that opportunity for me. And I rolled down. And before I rolled down, I got a big old name tag. And on the name tag, I wrote Kelly in big old letters. And I stuck it on me. And then I forgot about it. And then I rolled in. And then, uh, you know, I did the model call. And by the end of the day, they, uh, like they started asking me to do stuff. And I was like, yes, I made it. This is it. But they, I, I realized now that they were asking me to do stuff they didn't want to do. They were like, can you color, color this guy? And there was this guy that showed up at the model call. You know what I'm talking about, Deanne, where the one guy shows up at the model call and they don't want to do him. And they're like, Kelly, you need to do this. This would be a good thing for you to do. And I had to color this like 55-year-old dude that was out of shape, long hair, and they didn't want to deal with him. So I was over coloring his hair, but I did it with the great, I was like, yeah, look at it. This is the greatest hair ever. And they had me do his hair blue. And I was like on top of the world. And when I got done with the day, Robert kept saying like, Kelly, can you do this? Can you do that? And I was like, man, this is crazy. I've been following this guy for like two years. Now he's saying my name. I've made it. This is it. Then I got back to my hotel room, looked in the mirror, and I realized that I had a name tag that said, Kelly, he didn't remember my name at all. And I remember asking him, what can I do to be able to work with you, Robert? And he said, you can pack your stuff up, move out to California, and if you do what you, uh, we tell you to do and you do it well, then you, uh, you can stay. And if not, then you can pack your shit up and go back home. And I was like, yes, I made it. This is it. This is my chance. I'm going. Then I went home and told my parents, it's it. 
No call. No call. And for a year, no call. Then on September 19th, 1996, God told me that my job was over. I was driving home. He told me, your job is over. I was like, you ain't talking to me because my job is going real well. And then he told me again, it's over. And I was like, you ain't talking to me. And then he told me a third time. And if you know anything about God, he speaks in threes. And he told me, your job is over. And I was like, oh, man, this is September 19th. I went home. I put it, I wrote it down. I wrote it down in my, uh, in my prayer list. I got it back at the house. And I dated it. That's why I told you, write notes. Write that down. Write notes. Write things down. Not for God to remember it, but for you to remember it and where to be able to give credit. September 19th, he tells me that. I come home, and I'm so, like, out of sorts. And I tell my mom, and my mom's like, get excited, son. Get excited. Because he's about to bless you. And I was like, how's he going to bless me? He just told me my job is over. At the time, I was 21 years old. I was making $75,000 a year in 1995. My family had never seen $75,000 ever. I was making more than both of my uh, girlfriend's parents combined. And I was living at home in a bunk bed, 21 years old, wondering why I was single. He told me my job was over on October 7th at 11.30 at night, Memphis time, which is still 9.30 at night, California time. I got a call right after my girlfriend had left. Don't judge me that she left at 11.30. My mom was there. Nothing was happening. When my girlfriend left, and about 20 minutes later, I get a call, and I thought she left something at the house. But I, when I answered the phone, I thought it was her, and she was like, can I speak to Kelly Cardenas? I was like, why is my girlfriend referring to me with both names? Maybe now she understands who I am. That's what I would do, Eric. Make sure that Deanne calls you by first and last name around the house. That's how you know. Deanne, there we go, see? Yeah, that ain't going to happen, Eric. She'll get punched in the throat, Eric. You know that. I know Deanne, so yeah. Deanne's like, yep, I'll give him that one right there. Just just quick. Pow! Yep. But when we're around our friends, Eric, we'll be talking big, though. We'll be like, yo, I'm in control in my mind. I just allow her to talk to me that way. <laughs> so this call is like, hey, Kelly, uh, Kelly, can I speak to Kelly Cardenas? I was like, yes, this is him. And she said, this is Margaret Cromine's, Robert Cromine's wife. And I wanted to, uh, he asked me to call you and ask, uh, he, he asked me to call you and, and ask if you would be uh, interested in coming and being his personal assistant. And I took the phone like this and I set the phone down really, really slow. I said, can you hold on for one second? I set the phone down very, very calm. And then I jumped up, not very calm. And I ran into my bedroom. And some of you who are old school are going to remember this. At the beginning of the Jeffersons, when George Jefferson runs around on the bed around Wheezy, that's what I did to my mom. And I said, he called, he called, he called. And my mom was like, 1130 at night, who called? I was like, he called, he called, he called, he called. And they knew who Robert was because I had read magazines. I had told him about him, just like you told your aunt about your kit and she didn't care. I was telling my family about Robert for two and a half years. This is Robert Cromies. This is this, this is that, this is this, this is that, this is this. This is why I'm going to that hair show. 
And I said, he called, he called, he called, he called. And then she was like, all right. And so I got back on the phone and I just calmed myself. And I said, thank you so much for holding. I would love to consider your offer, but I'll have to check my schedule and I'll be able to get back with you soon. So I got her number, hung up the phone. I was celebrating, jumping up and down. I had to reschedule because at the time, write this down, write this down. At 21 years old, I was eight weeks solid booked on the 45-minute mark with a 45-person waiting list with no Instagram, with no walk-in business. And the way that I did it was by being really excited about not being that good. So I had to reschedule eight weeks of clients plus 45-person waiting list to be able to go out for two days. And so I went out, and I thought I was going to get a signing bonus. I'm in. This is the greatest thing ever. They're going to sign me just like they signed at the time. It was like Jordan and Pippen and all this stuff. So I was like, yes, I'm getting that big contract. I'm rolling in. And then I rolled in, and I I got done with the tryout, and I was thinking, man, it's going to be packed. People are going to be down the line for Robert because he's the greatest thing in the world. I got there. There was only one client in the whole entire salon and everybody else was in the break room. And I looked around and I was like, this ain't me. This is not what I came for, God, because what I came for back in Memphis, I'm eight weeks solid book on the 45 minute mark. I'm 21 years old. I'm making $75,000 a year. For six weeks, I took paychecks and put them in my sock drawer because I didn't need them because I didn't have anything to buy. I had money that I didn't know what to do with. I would just look at the uh, number. I would laugh at it with my brother because we had never seen money like that before. I'd throw it in my sock drawer and for six weeks I had paychecks just sitting in there that I had no idea because big time at that time, balling was going to Applebee's or going to the $1 movie. There wasn't flossing like there is today, spending money on dumb crap. So I roll into the salon, ain't one, there ain't no clients in there except one. And the only person who's working is Robert and everybody else is talking a mess in the back room. And I was like, I'm God, I'm out. And then God asked me the question, if you got the opportunity, would you ever be in the back talking mess or would you be out here on the floor right next to Robert? And that was the question. And the answer was very, very simple. So then... I was thinking, okay, that was my first day. Then the second day, I hang out in another salon, and then Margaret is there, and Margaret was Robert's wife at the time, and she's like, do you got any questions? And I was like, nope. And she's like, most people ask questions about two things, time and money. She said, you'll show up before everyone else get there. You'll stay till everyone is done. And she said, the second question is money. And she said, the money is you'll make $200 a week on salary, and that's that. And if you do the math on that, write this down. If you're not good at math, you'll always be controlled by someone who's good at math. Write that down. Hairdressers, if I'm not good at math, I will always be controlled by someone who's good at math. So if you got into this industry because you're not good at math, get out of the industry now or work the muscle of math. It's just a muscle. You got to work it because you got to know it. You got to understand it. $200 a week, 40 hours a week. That's $5 an hour before taxes. So my paycheck was $320.11 every two weeks. My rent payment was 560. Do the math on that. $640.22 a month and my rent payment was 560. But I was living at home 
in Memphis making 75 grand a year with no bills at all except a $121 car payment. So I remember on the way home, I was like, God, you got to speak to me. You got to speak to me in your word. Like you got to speak to me in black and white. You got to talk to me in your word. I got to look it up. And I thought I was going to get off on a technicality because there ain't no San Diego in the Bible and there ain't no Kelly in the Bible. So I'm good. And now I'm going back to Memphis. I'm going to make my money and I'm going to hang with my mom and wonder why women won't date me because I sleep in a bunk bed. And when I got back to my uncle's house, he opened up to me in Exodus where God took the Israelites out of Egypt and then they started moaning and complaining. He took them out of slavery and then they started moaning and complaining. And when they were moaning and complaining, then Moses started moaning and complaining too. And then he asked God about it. And God said to Moses that I will redeem you without money. And when I saw it, I was like, tears flowing. I called my mom and she's like, why are you crying? Because God spoke to you. I was like, nope, because he just took away all my money. And that's as real as it is. I was not like, oh, wow, a spiritual experience. I was like, he just told me to be broke. He just told me to leave $75,000 a year and take $200 a week. Guys, that's a $62,500 pay cut a year at 21. And I remember asking God, are you sure? You guys ever do this? You guys ever ask God, like, are you sure? You sure that's what you want me to do, Lord? Because if you want me to stay comfortable, I'll just stay over here. And I was like, do you want me to stay comfortable? And he told me this, and I want you to write this down. Every single one of you was given a little glass when you were born. Every one of you was given a glass. Inside that glass is your attributes, the, the, your accomplishments, all the things that you've been able to do in your life, that little glass, it goes in that little glass. And he said, at 21 year old, old Kelly, your glass is full and you can hold on to that. You can walk around, you could brag about it, or you could give me back the glass. I'll give you a bucket. The bucket will be empty, but when I fill it, you'll have no idea how much I could bless you. And I was like, man, because I knew at that time, he just confirmed it again. Now I'm broke. Like I got to move across the country to the most expensive city in the world. And now I got to make $200 a week before taxes. He was like, yep. And what he exposed to me over time was that he was going to take the roof off. He was going to take the roof off. So I went there. I was in an assistant program for seven months. I just about quit. I got my U-Haul. I got my job back in Memphis. But the day when I was about to get that, guess what happened? I got a promotion, went on the floor as a stylist. I, I was a stylist for six months. I got promoted to the director of the salon for uh, at Robert Cromie salon. And then I directed the salon for six months. After the six months, I got, uh, they offered me to go to Mandalay Bay in, the, uh, in Las Vegas but here's the caveat. They send, it, send me there. I'm doing better than ever. I did the first $2,000 week with no assistant on a $25 haircut. Do the math on that. $25 haircut, no assistant, $2,000 week in service. So I was starting to ball, so I thought, because I could have DiGiorno like one time a week. So then they asked me to go to uh, uh, Mandalay Bay, and I'm like, yeah, cool. And I go, and I didn't realize it, but they were putting me back on salary. And they put me back on salary for minimum wage. And the salon didn't open for four months. 
And they told me at first that I was going to stay in the hotel and they were going to take care of it. And I stayed in the hotel for three days and then they called me and told me that they couldn't afford it. I needed to get my own apartment. So I had to go out and get my own apartment. And I was uh, at that time at the, uh, the minimum wage had gone up, but I was making three to $400 a week with no tips, no nothing. And I moved to, uh, to uh, Las Vegas. And so we start off Las Vegas for four months. We can't do anything. So we got this little warehouse. I found a warehouse for us to be able to do hair in. And so we're doing hair in the warehouse. And the way that we were able to get guests, you know how we we're able to do it, is I sent everybody out. I told them, you have to come at nine, which means 845. Write this down. If you're early, you're on time. Write this down. If you're early, you're on time. If you're early, you're on time. Or make it possessive. If I'm early, I'm on time. If I'm on time, I'm late. If I'm late, I will be forgotten. If I'm early, I'm on time. If I'm on time, I'm late. And if I'm late, I will be forgotten. Show up. So from nine o'clock to five o'clock, I made the people stay. I had no training program at all. I made it up every single day. I'd pray on the way to the, the, the warehouse. It was like a 15, 10 by 15 room. Uh, and I would just pray and ask like, what do you want me to do? And I just made up stuff every day because I had, didn't have any training program and I was out there and I had assistance and I had to get them ready. And then I told them, go get guests. How do you get them? I don't know. Go to the grocery stores, go to wherever. And they were dressed in black. And can you imagine ladies, a, a guy walking up to you and saying, I don't have a salon, but we have this warehouse. If you come to it, we'll do your hair complimentary so I can train my assistants. Well, I could tell you, we still have clients to this day that are with Kelly Cardenas Salon to this day, Kelly Bowen and her daughter that were found in a grocery store. What, ask yourself, write this down. What am I willing to do to go and get the business that I want? What am I willing to do to go get the business that I want? So we started off with that. Then the salon opens up and it's gangbusters. It's amazing. But we're working seven days a week, 12 to 13 hours a day. And I did that for eight months. And when I got my first day off, I was so excited that it was on Thanksgiving. So on the night of, I got off at like seven o'clock and I drove all the way to Lompoc from, uh, from Vegas, about six hours. And we drove about uh, seven o'clock, uh, seven, eight o'clock. We got there at like two in the morning. And then we thought we had this good idea that we'll just have uh, Thanksgiving at you know noon and then we'll be done. And then we'll just drive back because I got to work on Friday. Well, my buddies had this great idea. Let's stick around a little bit. Let's have a couple of drinks. No big deal. We'll just drive back and forth because I could drive through the night. You could drive through the night. We'll be good. So my friends start getting after it, and it turns out to be 2 o'clock in the morning. Well, 2 o'clock in the morning, my friends are housed at this time. I don't drink. I never have. I don't judge it, but I just never had, I've never drank before in my life. So I'm always the designated driver. That's the only reason why my uh, wife married me. So at two o'clock in the morning, we leave for a six hour trip and we drive back to Vegas. We get in at eight o'clock in the morning. I am so tired that I don't even go into my apartment. I just sleep in my car outside of my apartment and I have to be to work at 12. So I sleep in my car for three hours, get up at 11, walk into my house, take a shower, go back. And then we go back at it for six days a week for another three to four months. People question me 
when I was the first person in a Robert Cromie salon history to ever get into six figures. And I did it before I was 25 years old. And people got mad because they were like, why does he get to do it? (laughs) But they weren't mad that I was the guy that went out to Las Vegas in the first place. And I'm not saying any of these things to be able to beat my chest, but these things, then uh, being that director, I directed the salon for 10 years. Once that happened, I made a management decision. We made a, a little fork in the road. When that happened, that was 14 years ago. I got fired on my day off, on my day off, like Craig from Friday. Craig, how are you going to get fired on your day off? How are you going to get fired for steal our boxes on your day off? That was me. At the time, I was making $250,000 a year, working four days a week, traveling around the world. Deanne was handling my career on the road. And one day they called me and said, you remember that job you got? No more. And then Paul Mitchell said, we got a cool off period for you too for the next eight months. So everything, bam, gone one day, bang, no social media, no client list, no nothing 14 years ago. But I decided that I was going to honor Robert because he is, I think, the greatest thing to hit the industry since Vidal Sassoon. And I said, I'm going to honor him because he taught me so many great things. We're going to cut away the fat and we are going to build a business. And in the last 14 years, I took no one, not one person from a Robert Cromie salon, not one person. So I want you to write this down. The way you exit is the way you enter. The way you exit one job is going to be the way you enter another. If you exit a salon, which a lot of you will because you're not happy, which is a stupid thing to do. I'm not calling you stupid. I'm calling the action stupid. But if you leave and you take two friends, guess what's going to happen to you when you go or you own your own salon? Someone's going to take your stuff too. The way you exit will be the way you enter. And the way you enter will be your foundation. So when I left and I had no client list, no nothing, no contacts, nothing. I had nothing. I was having a pool built in my backyard. They were digging. The little hoe was big digging. Boom, boom, boom. And I looked out and I was like, stop. Because I got ghetto to me like I told you earlier. I could just throw some plastic in there and have a slip and slide. I don't need to have a pool. But I committed that I was not going to steal anybody from a salon. I was going to build my own and we were going to cut away the fat and we were going to honor Robert in every single thing that we did. We were going to take the systems, but we were going to improve them and we were going to create the greatest hairdressers, the greatest people who happened to do hair. And over the last 14 years, we created a multi-million dollar business throughout this country from absolutely nothing 14 years ago. We have created systems that are available to you now. I've got a course to be able to teach you how to cut hair. Watch my Instagram. There's a couple of videos. There's a couple of teasers on there. I can teach you how to uh, cut long layers in 7 to 11 minutes. Efficiency is everything. Also, we got uh, like 14 years in, we got a multi-million dollar business. And we get hit with this pandemic. 
So the pandemic hits and everyone freaks out. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And I'm thinking, we got to make lemonade here, baby. Because my mom used to do it every single day. We had a lemon tree outside of our house. We had a hand squeezer. And every morning she would take one lemon. She would squeeze it. Then she would add some water, add some sugar, and then make the greatest drink of all time from the sourest fruit ever. I want to ask you this and write this down. What is my water and what is my sugar? Because you're going to get some sour fruit. And what it was, guys, is we created a system to open our salons back up and cut the physical work of the hairdresser by 50%. Write this down. By 50%. 50%. We cut down the work hours by a third, meaning that uh, the hairdresser was working eight to 10 hours. Now they're working six. And also, we gave them more money. So my hairdressers are making more than they've ever made in six hours a day with 50% less physical work. We pulled off the greatest magic trick in the history of the professional beauty industry. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is the greatest revolution that has hit the professional beauty industry since Vidal Sassoon started blow drying. And you're sitting in it now. And not only with our locations, the three that jumped out to crazy, crazy, I mean, insane, like it's bonkers what is happening. But also the, the salons that I'm coaching throughout the country, I had one that their best week was $54,000 in revenue in one week with three locations. 54. We, uh, we put the plan in. But I do not work with people and I will not coach people that don't go 100%. So I asked him, before I'm coaching you, you're going to accept 100% of where we're going or else I'm not going in. And with this plan, they went from their best week at 54000 to their first week out with six-hour shifts, 76000 Every single hairdresser had their best week in a six-hour shift. And if you do that math on a five-day work week, which I told you you need to be good at math, they worked a 30-hour work week, had more time with their family, did 50% less physical work, and they made more money than they've ever made. Hootie hoo. So when people ask me about mindset, when they ask me about, oh, how did you get to that point? I've actually never got to share that story. I've never got to share it in its entirety. I don't know, Deanne, if you've heard the whole thing, you know, in its entirety. But what I want you guys to understand that it's the process, your process, it maybe it started 10 years ago. Maybe it started 15 years ago. Maybe it started 20 years ago. But your, your process of what you want can start today, but it will be bit by bit by bit. Write this down that you're, uh, everybody's looking for their big break in their life, their big break. But your big break is made up of a lot of little breaks. And those little breaks are nasty, are dirty. I had kids ask me one time, they were like, I want your job. And then I asked the girl, I said, uh, all right, well, I, I heard of a job that's available. And she was like, what is it? And I said, you can move across the country. You can take a $62,000 pay cut. You could work anywhere from 50 to 60 hours a week. And in tips on a good day, you'll make $12. She was like, I ain't trying to apply for that. I said, I want to apply for your job. I said, that was my job. 
And if you don't want that one, then you don't want this. See, most people are looking at the end results. They're looking at Deanne. They're looking at Eric. They're looking at Joaquin and saying, yo, I want to be in that spot. But they're not looking at the process. Fall in love with the process. Every step of the way, I'm not saying that, oh, I've walked uphill, you know, with, and I hated it. No, sometimes I hated it, but I'm going to give you a one-word answer that will help you in all of your success. This is how we sum it up today. I want all of you. Put your shoulders up like this. All of you. Put your shoulders up like this. Drop them down. All of you. If you haven't turned your camera on, turn your camera on. For this last little bit, turn it on. It won't hurt you. Go like that. And then drop them. Before I tell you that word, what I want you to write down is probably the most important foundational truth that you'll ever hear. Write down, I'm perfectly, wonderfully made. I'm perfectly, wonderfully made. Ain't nothing wrong with you. Everything's right with you. I'm perfectly, wonderfully made. Kristen, even if you got bags under your eyes. Because there's a reason why you got bags under your eyes. For right now. I got bags under my eyes. What, you trying to judge me? Say I'm perfectly, wonderfully made. And I want you to say it out loud with me right now. You're on mute, but I want you to say it out loud like you're a crazy person in your house. And I saw uh, someone uh, that was there. Your boyfriend was in the back and he rolled in, the guy with the little neck brace on. And he, he was uh, back behind you. I saw him. I want you to say it right now so he thinks you're crazy. Say it with me. I'm perfectly, wonderfully made. Say it again. I'm perfectly, wonderfully made. Say it again. I'm perfectly, wonderfully made. Say I'm perfectly, wonderfully made. Now whisper it with me. I'm perfectly, wonderfully made. Say 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 I'm perfectly, wonderfully made. Made, and then I want you to write this down in the image of God, in the image of God. I'm perfectly, wonderfully made in the image of God. And say anything contrary to that is a lie. I'm perfectly, wonderfully made in the image of God. Anything contrary to that is a lie. I'm perfectly, wonderfully made in the image of God. Anything contrary to that is a lie. And then I want you to finish it off like this. From this day forward, Kristen, from this day forward, Alicia, from this day forward, Andy, I will only accept truth. I will only accept truth. So that foundational truth, when someone comes up and says, you're not right, you need to do this, you need to do that, you're broken in a relationship, oh, you, need, you would be perfect if you acted like this or you looked like this or your hair was like this or whatever it was, then you could say, I'm perfectly, wonderfully made in the image of God. Anything else contrary to that's a lie. From this day forward, I will only accept truth. I will only accept truth. And what it'll do, ladies, it'll help you out with a lot of the busted up relationships that you have. Because you let some knuckleheads up in your life. And they tell you lies. Watch this. If you study truth, write this down. If I study truth, if I, de- uh, if I dedicate myself to truth for the rest of my life, I'll spot a lie a mile away. I will spot a lie a mile away. There is nothing wrong with you. There is nothing. You're, you're not too big. You're not too little. You're not too tall. You're not too small. You are perfect exactly where you're at. You know, the other day, and I'll tell you this, like this is, this is kind of strange, but I, 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 I want to be vulnerable with you, right? So I got to stand up a little bit. The other day I was looking and I was like, man, my belly is just a little bit too big, right? See it? See it? See it right there? And I was like, man, my life would be different if I didn't have a belly. And then I was like, man, I need to work out. I need to eat better. And then I was like, maybe if I just breathe in, it'll be gone. 
Well, look at that. No more belly. And I thought, I could wake up every morning and work out really, really hard and eat all this stuff that I don't want to eat, or I could simply breathe in when I don't want to have a belly anymore. And then I realized, if I don't have a belly, that ain't going to change my life. I'm perfectly, wonderfully made in the image of God. And maybe my God had a belly. That's okay. I could tell you this. If you think that dropping 10 pounds is going to change your life, it ain't going to change your life. You're just going to be, you're going to be skinny. If you're a knucklehead and you're 10 pounds heavier and you're 10 pounds lighter, you're still going to be a knucklehead. Money ain't going to change anything because money, write this down, money just gives you the opportunity to uh, uh, amplify who you are. And if you're a bonehead when you're broke, then you're going to be a bonehead when you got money. Say it with me. I'm perfect. Say it with your chest. I'm perfectly, wonderfully made. Say it with your chest. I'm perfectly, wonderfully made. Say I'm perfectly, wonderfully made. In the image of God, anything contrary to that is a lie. From this day forward, I will only accept truth. Kristen, come off of mute and say that to me right now. Read it. I'm perfectly, wonderfully made. Yes, say the whole thing. You wrote it. What was the other Why didn't you write it down? Well, I was trying to write down the money just gives you the opportunity. Okay, Kristen, I'm just giving you a hard time. So write it down. I'm perfectly, wonderfully made. And then I want you to write down in the image of God. Write down in the image of God. Write it down quick. In the image of God. In the image of God. Okay. Anything contrary. Sorry. Anything contrary to that is a lie. Write this down if you haven't written it down. Kristen's doing it right now. Anything contrary to that is a lie. From this day forward, from this day forward, I will only accept truth. Ladies, this is a foundational truth that will help you not to get into dumb relationships. How many of you have been in a dumb relationship? I'm going to raise both my hands and my feet and my toes, and I'm going to shake it around like this because I have chose some dumb people that came in my life but I only attract what I am. So that means that I was dumb during the time. Does that make sense? Here we go, Kristen, come off mute and say it to me. There we go. Okay. Okay. Let me get my notes. Um, I will only accept the truth. No, no, no. I'm perfectly, wonderfully made. Start off with that. Oh, right. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm sorry. I'll let, I'll let it go this time, Kristen. Next time we got one of these for you. I'm just joking with you. I'm just kidding with you, Kristen. (laughs) Um, I'm perfectly, wonderfully made, and uh, in the image that you got, anything contrary to that is a lie from this day forward, and I will only accept the truth. Got it. Got it. Yes. Evelyn, Evelyn, come off a mute. Say it to me. Say it to me. Come on. I'm perfectly, wonderfully made in the image of God. Anything contrary is a lie, Um, and from this day forward, I will only accept the truth. Yes. Alicia, say it with your chest. I am perfectly, wonderfully made, and the image of God, anything contrary to that, is a lie. From this day forward, I will only accept truth. I want you to repeat that every morning when you wake up, every night before you go to bed. The reason why is because my parents growing up, every single morning when I woke up, they would tell me that I'm the greatest. They would tell me that I was perfectly, wonderfully made. They would tell me that I could accomplish 
anything that I was purposed to do and willing to do the work for every single morning. They told me that I was okay just being myself. I didn't need to be compared to my brother. I was perfect, exactly who I was. The reason why I'm telling you this is a foundational truth, and it's something that was ingrained in me since I was a kid, and I'm not saying that you have to have this foundation. I'm saying that listen to this recording again if you don't have that in your life. If you don't have your parents that told you that every single day and that everything was gonna be okay, I wanna be that person for you. But I want to tell you, Alicia, you're perfectly wonderfully made. I want to tell you, Kristen, you're perfectly wonderfully made. You're beautiful. You are beautiful people. You're beautiful inside and out. You've got all the potential in the world as long as it's according to your purpose and you don't need to be anything else. And then I want you to write down underneath that, I am enough. I am enough. I am enough. I am enough. And then if you're in a relationship that the person is not doing that, break up with them by text right now. And all you have to do in the text is be like, yo, we're breaking up. I met a guy. His name is Kelly. And just leave it at that. Just put some dot, dot, dot at the end. Don't put my last name because he can find me, but just put my name. And then he'll think you're insensitive. And then he'll never talk to you again because it was by text. And he shouldn't anyway because he's a knucklehead and you shouldn't be around knuckleheads. Would you like that one word that'll make you successful in every single thing that you do? Let's go in the chat box. Hit the uh, like or the love or the uh, say yes in the chat box. I'm watching the chat box right now. We got 84 people on the line. I want to see yes, yes, yes. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yes, I want it. I want it. Thumbs up. Thank you, Veronica. Thank you, Evelyn. Thank you, Takesha. Thank you, iPad. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. All the time. 84 of them. I am a patient guy. Yay. Here we go. Raise your shoulders to your ears. This is how we finish. Roll your shoulders to your ears. Then drop them all the way down. Brian, you didn't do it. Do it with me, Brian. Yes, I could see you, Brian. That's why I have your, your, uh, your video on. You're the man, Brian. Here we go. All the way up like this. And then all the way down, drop it down. There we go. Do it again. Here we go. Come on, Andy. I can see you. There we go. All the way up. I can see it. You got some big shoulders too. There we go. You're making me mad though because I need to work out when I see Andy. Here we go. All the way down. All the way up to your ears one more time. And then all the way down. And then I want you to go all the way up to your ears. And I want you to take your hands like this. And then I want you to drop them down. And then I want you to repeat after me. Go all the way up to your ears. Hands up like this. And then I want you to repeat after me. Watch this. Shit. I just lost my job. <laughs> Shit. I could get another one. My boyfriend just broke up with me. Shit. Maybe I shouldn't be with him anyway. I was late to work. Shit. I learned a lesson. Maybe I should wake up earlier. The coronavirus shut down the whole entire world, and I'm not able to do the job that I was doing, and I have to distance learn. Shit. I need to start learning how to be able to connect on a computer. My tire popped, shit. I ran out of gas, shit. Uh, I lost my house, shit. I got a divorce, shit. Maybe I shouldn't be in the marriage. Um, uh, my kids aren't, uh, are acting a fool, shit. Uh, what can I do? And I want you to realize that if you can do that every single day, this is what I learned from my mom. My mom never cussed a day in her life, but she would say one word and that was shit. Because guys, when you shrug it off, you're gonna find that it's not that big of a deal. I lost my job 14 years ago. Shit. I was making 250 a year on four days a week, had a G-Wagon in the, in the garage. And they called me while I'm getting my pool dug. And they're like, you don't get to come to work anymore. And Paul Mitchell, by the way, said, you're not going to be able to work with us for eight months. 
Shit. You know what happened? I created my own brand for $75. And then you know what happened? I got hired as the only non-major manufacturer to a hair show. And it's the largest hair show in the Midwest. And guess what happened? We packed the house. And the Paul Mitchell uh, room, guess what happened? It was empty. And you know what they did? They set all their merchandise out in front of my room. Why? Because that's where the people were. And then when they asked me at the end, they said, can you do another show? I said, well, it's going to be after eight months. You want to hire me for Paul Mitchell? And uh, oh, because I'll be uh, available then. And they said, if it's not broke, then don't fix it. Guess what happened, guys? A box got opened that could never be shut. And guess what happened? After $75 later, there became a brand that became multi-million dollar brand by a kid who barely graduated from high school and isn't that good at stuff. Make lemons out of lemonade. I got a great relationship with Paul Mitchell. I'm not mad at him. I'm happy. You want to know why? It's because when I opened my salon, I did this, and then I put Paul Mitchell under it. And I put a a multi-billion dollar brand underneath this, and it became synonymous with it. But a 21-year-old girl, I paid her $75 as a graphic artist to be able to make that. I want you to think about the lemons in your life, and I want you to start making lemonade. All it takes is a little bit of water, a little bit of sugar. Little bit of water, a little bit of sugar. And I'm going to continue to make lemonade. And I, I invite you to do that too. So I know um, we're, uh, I don't know how, how much time we have, but I would love to be able to open up for some question and answer. I've got a gift for you too, for every single one of you here. I've got a gift. Why is that? Because I love Deanne, because I love Eric, and because I love Joaquin. And anything they ever ask me to do, I will do. I will be there. I don't care when it is. I don't care how it happens. I will be there. I want to spend time in Fresno. I want to spend time with you guys. And you guys have the best ownership. Guys, you guys realize, like, these guys are gangsters. They have done it. They have done it. They're not talking about it. They're about it. They love you. And there's very, 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 very few people that have uh, opportunity like you guys have to have people who actually love you. Joaquin called me because he said, I love these guys and I want to fill them up. So um, if you want to do questions in the chat box, you can, or I would love for you to ask them if you guys want. I'm open for anything. Um, You know, nothing's off limits. I'll ask whatever you guys want. So um, you want to, you want to narrate that, uh, Joaquin? Thank you so much for the inspiration. This is your chance to ask the questions. I always, I always liked it to be more personal. So I ask that you guys unmute yourself and ask Kelly, but first off, let's give them a round of applause, guys. Yay. Thanks for letting me. Hey, thanks for letting me wear my Oilers hat today. (laughs) I I I wear this shirt, and every time I see it through, because after for a while there during quarantine didn't fit, but it does now. But I I I would go through my black and white clothing, and I pass by it all the time, and I always get a little inspiration every time I see that shirt because he's so raw, he's real, he's energetic, he has he has what I want to be like, and I am. I wake up like that, but when I called him this morning, and I went straight to his voicemail. His voicemail has such a strong message. And I was like, listen to it. And I was like, oh my God, it was so dope, his message. It was amazing. It has, it has uh, something about commit to, what does it say, Kelly? Your, your, Commit, your voicemail? Commitment eliminates options. So what are you committed to? And it was just dope. And then, and then wearing his stuff, I, I have it in a sacred place. Look at that. He branded himself and where he came from. And I'm wearing his shirt right now. 
it's so dope. But people are already asking, how can they get um, how can they get any merchandise that you have? So I'll put it. Uh, it's kellycardinasalon.com. Okay, uh, I'll I'll show you guys some uh, stuff. I got some gifts for you too. Um, but we actually did. I'll show you guys here. Let me let me get to it. Um, so it's on kellycardinasalon.com. Uh, it's on the shop there, and then. Um, I, I actually, the reason why I do the things I do is honestly, it's selfish. It's for my kids. Um, so we did this. I'll show you um, this one here. So we did the, I'll show you the women's one, uh, but the, uh, we did the women's and we did the men's, but if you guys see that one, can you oh, guys see that? Cute. So that's the perfectly, wonderfully made tank top because I want my daughter. She just got the, uh, the, um, the hoodie. And I want her to understand and know that she's perfectly, wonderfully made. So we've got that. We've got the tank tops. We've got the, uh, the, the shirts. Um, the apparel line is gangster now. Like it used to be tough because every time someone would ask me about a size, I'd be like, well, I can't do, you know, I've, I've got a weight on it, but watch this. I want you guys to see this too. So they told me when this pandemic thing happened, they told me that I wasn't this, but I believe that we are as hairdressers. So we actually, we made the essential line for every single one of you to represent and, and say, I'm essential because I believe that every single person in, in there is essential. Um, we've got a couple of different ones. Uh, let me show you. Uh, let's see. Um, when you go to the website, you'll be able to check out kellycardinas.com. Um, this one is uh, great. We got beanies for the essential. Um, check this out, right? Um, so these are the 3D, 3D embroidery caps. Um, but I believe everything in your life, you should make lemonade. And so we got the lemonade line there too. Um, one other one that we've got to, well, we got a ton of it, but this is, this is where my passion is really at. Um, hugely is this bad boy right there. And that's the podcast line. So the podcast, it's Kelly Cardenas podcast, the 98 two, where attitude is everything and attitude determines your altitude. And my dad told me that I was the example of the 98.2, which was 98% attitude and 2% aptitude. And at first I was confused because I was like, daddy, you're saying I'm dumb. But what he was telling me was that I had the ability to do whatever I wanted and I didn't have to have the aptitude. I just had to have the attitude in the right place and the aptitude would follow. And so I've got a chance to be able to, I, I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. So I interviewed the, the general manager of the Tennessee Titans, the, um, the kicker from the uh, Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who's kicking for Tom Brady this year. Um, we just had a Grammy award-winning uh, uh, musician who's Switchfoot. Um, he was just on. Um, we have the catcher for the greatest softball team. In the, uh, they just got named as the greatest softball team of all time, which is the University of Florida, the catcher, and she's the catcher for the uh, U.S. Olympic team. Um, it's Powerful Women Month this month, um, so I would check it out as much as you possibly can. So that's the little commercial and stuff like that. But honestly, please do me a favor. The only ask that I have is go to the, yes, go to the website or go to the, the podcast. This will cost you nothing. Subscribe to the podcast and leave a star rating. That's all I'm going to ask. If you get the shirts, that's cool. It'll be awesome. Represent what, what. Check out the podcast. Who's got the first question? Who's got the first question? All right. I'll ask, what was it like working with Deanne Evans? Because I don't think the feature professionals really know like her strong background with Paul Mitchell. 
Well, I mean, to, to put it, put it lightly is, I mean, Deanne ran everything, like all the, the, the artists that you see today that are famous, all the Robert Cromies, the Stephanie Kachelski, um, and, you know, even like with Fern the Barber, the, the, you know, Fernie and uh, John Mosley and all those people, all that foundation was laid by Deanne. Like she was the one that was booking all those people. So anyone who's famous in the Paul Mitchell world is because of Deanne's foundation. So it's crazy that you guys have her on a day-to-day basis. And what I would do is I would Google where she lives. Like it's public information. And then I'd just be outside of their house randomly. And when she comes out, I'd be like, hey, Deanne, I didn't realize you were going to be here. And just don't be in the bushes. It's only stalking if you're wearing a ski mask. So you could be out there and be like, yo, Dan, I didn't even realize that you were going to be here. Here's some coffee because I watch every time when you walk in. And if you're drinking a certain type of coffee, I've already learned what it is. And here it is. And then you have a conversation. And it can open up so much. And the closer and closer you get to people, because you're, write this down, you're going to be the sum of the five people that are around you or closest to you. So I put yourself around great people. And the three of them that I would do would be Joaquin, Eric and Deanne. If you did that, I guarantee you, guarantee you, you'd be successful. Get away from the girls who are taste testing all the time and the girls who have a, a flat tire. And get close to some people who talk about ideas. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, we have Alex Fry. All right. We'd like to ask a question. Let's go, Alex. Where are you at? Hi. What up? Uh, my question is after hearing your story about all of like taking the pay cut and doing that job um, for today's day and age, how do we know or how, what would you do? Do you like, how do you know when you're being used and abused or if it's worth it? You know what I like? Well, I could tell you this, that's just mindset. You can never be used and abused when you are, uh, giving freely. And so I'll, I'll tell you like this, Alex, I was a Sunday school teacher years ago, right? And I was, uh, I was teaching four-year-olds and little Jimmy, well, let's call him Jimmy. His name wasn't Jimmy, but can we call him Jimmy? Is that cool? Mm-hmm. So little Jimmy comes up to me and he is mad. He's just sad. And he's like, Joey, his name wasn't Joey, but we could call him that. Joey stole my truck. And I was like, you know, I'm bigger than these four-year-olds. I'm like 21 at the time. And I could whoop any of those four-year-olds. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a fighter at all, but four-year-olds, I can knock them out. And I was mm-hmm. like, I want to go over to this little Joey and shake him up a little bit, you know, rough him up, like, you know, hit him with my chest a little bit, be like, yo, why are you taking Jimmy's truck? But I'm a Sunday school teacher. I got to do the right thing. So I roll over and I tell Joey, hey, you can't take Jimmy's truck. And then about 15 minutes later, Jimmy comes running over and he's like, oh my gosh, Joey took my truck again. And I was mad at this time. And I was like, look. Let's go over and we're going to roughhouse this dude. But then I had to be the school teacher and I walked over and I said, Joey, give back the truck. Everything's fine. And then the last time, Jimmy is frantic, crying at the top of his lungs. Ah, Joey took my truck. And God just put it on my heart. And I said, Jimmy, the next time Joey is going to steal your truck, give it to him. Because he can't steal anything that you freely give him. Wow. So if you go in as a servant and they treat you like a servant, you'll say thank you because that's what you are. 
And what I would suggest, as opposed to walking in with a thought process of like, you need to treat me the way that I need to be treated, go in as a servant. Every single role that I've ever been in, I've said, I'm a servant. Like, I'm just here as a servant. People will ask me in a hotel. Like, I own three salons throughout the country, and I've got a consulting business. Um, I'm an author, too. Um, we make material, all that stuff. But when people ask me in a hotel or in an uh, uh, elevator, they say, what do you do? I say, I'm a servant. I serve people. And if they treat me like a servant, yay. But if I act like I'm the man, like I own stuff, and then you treat me like a servant, I'm about to get taste testing on you. <laughs> so what I would do, Alex, at this point in your, uh, where are you at in your career? Um, I graduate in September. Girl, ain't nobody could take advantage of you. You need to work your face off. You need to work your face off. If you get the if you get the opportunity to have a job, which I didn't have for the last twelve weeks, then jump up and down. Yes, sir. No, sir. Three bags full, sir, full, sir. And do what my dad told me. Give them twice as much as what they pay you, and you will never be in their debt. If they pay you five dollars an hour, give them ten dollars an hour in service. So yesterday, I highlighted a woman's hair. And I gave her $500 worth of service. So the 250 that I charged her, she had no problem and she got 50% off. Wow. That's awesome. Alex, you're Thank awesome. You. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Thank you. Who's up next? Uh, next we have Virginia. Virginia, oh, Virginia let's do it. Hey, Virginia, hold on for one second. Virginia, do me a favor. Get closer to your screen. Get closer to your face, closer to your screen. So get your face about like this, okay? Get closer to it, and I need you to speak into the uh, phone like you're yelling at your kids. If you don't have kids, pretend like you have them and they did something wrong. The reason why I say this is because most people do not know how to connect on Zoom. Now, one thing is you could buy this thing. I wouldn't do that. This is a, quite an investment, but this is my business, right? The other part is you're going to have to connect on Zoom in the future, and you're going to have to connect. The, uh, virtual consultations are going to be huge. So take your hand off the bottom of your phone because it's covering your microphone, put it on the side and hold it this way, and then put it close, and I want you to speak as loud as you possibly can till you're uncomfortable in how loud you're speaking. Okay. <laughs> Hold on for a second. Hold on for a second, Virginia. I need you to speak louder, though. I need you to yell into your phone. Okay, so I'll be done with school soon. Hold on. Um, hold on for one second. Week. Hold on for one second, Virginia. I, I I need you to yell. Like you're not yelling yet. I need you to yell into your phone. Okay, and it's going to be embarrassing. But but before we do, I want you to write this down. Every person, write this down. Success is inconvenient. Success is inconvenient. And I'm going to answer your question. I'm going to give you every, I'm going to give you my whole heart. But what I need you to do, success is inconvenient. I need you to put your face inside the phone. I need you to look right into the camera. Look into the camera. Don't look to the side. Don't move it around. Right? Don't go Blair Witch Project on me. Look right into the screen. Put your camera this close to your face. And what I want you to do is I want you to speak as loud as you possibly can into that and look right dead at the camera. So 
I'll be done with school soon. Um, my question is, what are you, as an employer, what ideally would you look for in um, someone that you're going to hire? Like, what skills would you preferably really want them to um, show? What would you expect from someone? Or what? how do I prepare, in other words, um, to go into this professional field? Okay. What I want you to do is I want you to take your other hand. I still want you to hold it up close to your face, but I want you to hold it steady, okay? I want you to hold it steady, and I want you to hold it steady this far. And then I want you to write down with the other hand. So you could write with this hand, and you could keep it right there. I want you to write with that other hand. I just learned the formula to get any job that I want. Write that down. I just learned the formula to get any job that I want. The reason why is because the person who gives you a job is going to ask you to do stuff that you are not comfortable doing. And if you do it, you will get the job. If you don't do it and you keep moving or you're embarrassed and you don't want to do the things that they say, you are not going to get the job. It is as simple as that. I want to congratulate you, Virginia, because you sat up. You moved your camera closer. You spoke louder, although it wasn't the loudest. And I want to be honest with you. And you know this. If it's just you and me, you know, because there's a place that you can push to. You know that. The other thing that I would say is continue to make eye contact. That's the one thing that I asked you to do that you did not do. You did not continue to make eye contact with me. And when you're connecting on Zoom, the only way that you can connect is by looking at the camera, not at the person. This is not that you did bad. This is new stuff. But to get, write this down, to get any job that I want, I simply have to do what they tell me to do. That's it. And Virginia, you have a bright future. You have such a bright future because you just did what most people would, I had a business owner, she owned a salon. She started crying when I asked her to get inside the camera. She started crying, turned off. Okay, she started crying. She turned off her camera. And she was not present for the rest of the time. And my response to her was, how do you expect to lead a company if you cannot do one thing that a person asks you to do? There's no way. And I want you to understand, I want to tell you how proud I am of you. You're awesome. You just broke through. You just broke through. You just broke through. You're incredible. But, and keep it going. Keep that going. Keep that going. You're awesome. You sat up, you're in the screen right now, you're making eye contact, and you spoke louder. If you're on the call right now, could you hear her more when we were done? Yes. But Virginia, what I, what I want you to understand is you need to get around people who believe in your potential. I believe in your potential. I believe in who you could be. That's why I stayed in your face. I don't see you for what you are today. I see you for what you can be. You need to put yourself around people like that. And you need to hear that you're awesome every single day. You need to hear that you're perfect every single day. And then that voice will get louder and louder and louder because you're awesome and you're going to do great things. And you're going to get any job you want, any job you want. Get in their face. And when they tell you no, watch this, write this down. When they tell me no, come back tomorrow. And when they say, I told you yesterday that this job wasn't available, just say to them, 
I know you told me yesterday, but I wanted to see if it was available today. <laughs> and Virginia, seriously, that's a formula to get any job that you want. I want to encourage you. You're awesome. You're incredible. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for breaking. Like you just broke. I don't, I don't know if you realize, but you just inspired 84 people. You yeah, just impacted. From shaking to like not shaking anymore. <laughs> there we go. You're awesome. You just inspire 84 people and you broke through and you broke through for some other people that aren't even going to say that, Hey, thank you so much. So Virginia, you're awesome. That helped. Awesome. Yeah, we, Virginia. Yes. Thank you, Kat. Uh, we have another one from uh, Lena. Okay. Lena. What up, Lena? What up, Lena? Hi. Um, so my question has to relate, well, it's a bunch of different things. Okay, so obviously you're you're a family man. Um, you're a businessman. You're very successful, and you do travel a lot. How do you go about balancing all of that with your children and your wife? Like, what tips can you give me? Um to make me successful in um, the same career. So what I want you to write down, write down, I'm going to, I'm going to leave for one second. Cause I got to get something. Cause I want to show you, but I want you to write down while I leave to just a second. I'll be right back. I don't want you guys to start shaking or anything like that. Go through withdrawals. I want you to write down. I will never be balanced. <laughs> you guys isn't he isn't he awesome yeah right i'm gonna be like that one day i'll have my own podcast but that's the kind of people that i i i aspire to be like you know he has a balance of everything yeah. i tried to find one i couldn't um but the reason why i say this is because imagine if i had a water bottle yeah Water bottle was halfway full. And I turned the water bottle like this. The line would be here, yeah? It would be half full, so it would be half there. If I said on this side of the water bottle, there was my family. This side of the water bottle was my work, and in the middle was my kids. If I balanced, you would give 33% to your husband, to your kids, and to your work. And do you think you could succeed at 33%? No. Okay, so let me do this. Lena, you love your husband. I saw the picture of it earlier. You love your husband, right? He's awesome. You got a beautiful yeah. family. Okay. Oh, thank you. Okay, so I'm going to drive this home really strong. Is that okay if I go strong? Yeah, go strong. Okay, cool. So if you give 33% to your husband, that means that your husband would be allowed to have two other women in his life. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, your daughter was like, oh, no. <laughs> okay, so stay with me here. Okay. Okay. If you're trying to balance, that would mean that to your husband, you would be allowed to have two more men in your life. How do you think that one would work out? Um, it wouldn't work out. Exactly. <laughs> so what I want you to realize is if I take that bottle and I just flip it over, and now all the water's on the bottom. When I'm at work, I'm at work. I'm not mom. I am not wife. I am not anything. I am just at work. When I turn it back over and I come home, then I am just wife. And then when I turn it back over for you, you're three. Now I'm just mother. So with me, I've got three of them. Yeah. I've got 
work, business. I've got husband and I've got father. Yeah. Yeah. So when I work, I go, boom, all work, not focused Mm -hmm. on anything else. If I'm going to do it for eight hours a day, there is no reason for me to go half staff while I'm away from my kids or else I should just be with my kids anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, one day I got off work at like two o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the day and it was midday and it was awesome. So I got home and I saw my wife. My wife is super hot. And I said, it's time to be husband. And she was like, oh no, it's time to be dad. And I was like, it's more fun being husband. And she said, she said, no, it's two o'clock in the day. You need to be dad. And I was like, no way we could let me be husband. And she said, there's no locks on the door. And I said, so you need to be dad. And I said, give him Benadryl and let me be husband. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So I want you to realize that if you try and balance, you will never be successful in anything you do. Okay. Yeah. You have to go all in. You got to be about it. And my wife says it. She got gangster to her. And she says, a hundred, like be a hundred wherever you're at, be a hundred right now. I'm not a dad. Right now, I'm not a business owner. Right now, I'm not a husband. Right now, I am a guy speaking to Fresno, and I am 100% in with you. Well, thank you. So be 100. Yeah. That that was really good. I think that we can all relate to that. How to balance work and and our children, homeschooling. Thank you for that. You're just a guy speaking to Fresno. I like that because you're, you're... 100, like you say, or like how the wife says. Thank you. Naomi. Naomi? Yes. Hi. Um, Okay, so my question is, what's, like, your why or your purpose? Like, why, what keeps you going, like, when things get tough? Or, like, what, like, drives you to continue in, I guess, like, in all areas? I mean, uh, for me, it's, it, it's, it's really, really simple. I just want to be exactly what God wants me to be like nothing more, nothing less. Like, and that's it. You know, I'm not looking at a big picture. Um, I didn't know like as a kid in a double wide mobile home, shaving heads and fading up hair that I would have, that I'd even make 75. And then I didn't realize that I'd make 250. And then I didn't realize that I would teach people, which I've got a system to cut long layers in seven to 11 minutes. And I've made myself personally, I've made multi, multi, multi millions of dollars off of this technique. And then I've taught people how to make multi, multi, multi millions of dollars off that technique. And then my company has made multi, multi, multi millions of dollars off that technique. And it is so simple that I could teach a four-year-old to do it. So for me, I never thought that that would be, and if I was have been focused on that, I would have screwed it up. So what I would say to you is like, you're perfectly wonderfully made. Like you, you're, you're why, like be the best you that you possibly can be. And you know, like you know, Noemi, you know, if you're being a knucklehead, you know that, like I knew when I was being a knucklehead and if you're being a knucklehead right now, stop being a knucklehead. Don't beat up on yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't get down on yourself. Shit. Shrug it and get better. And if you know you're doing yeah. the right thing, so write this down. If I do the right thing for the right th- reason, the right things will happen. If I do the right thing for the right reason, the right thing will happen. Always. And I mean, in my, in my career, I simply, seriously, I simply want to build people. That's it. 
Like I want to build people. And that's been my uh, sole focus. And God is calling me to step out in faith right now. Like you'll hear the story in the coming months, but he's asking me to step out crazy in faith right now. And I'm going to step out. Why? Because I want to be exactly what he wants me to be. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to, I guess, the side comment. Um, remember how you had said that God speaks in threes. And when I, um, I guess I just started uh, school. And so I kept like asking God, like, what is this? Like, what it is that you want me to do? Um, because like you, like I do, I want to be a servant of him and I want him to do whatever he wants to do with me. And I guess I want to be his vessel. And so it's so crazy because the more and more, like I've been listening to others like speak or like, like people like you. And it's just like, I've had like three like reassurances, like, yeah, I genuinely believe I'm where he wants me to be. Well, I, I want to encourage you. No, I, 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 I want to encourage you. You're, you're, you're incredible. Um, you're going to do great things. And honestly, like my daughter said it like this, my daughter's 11 years old. And what she said, uh, I told her, I was like, I was trying to be philosophical and be all like dad on her. And I turned and I was like, baby, um, you just need to be yourself. And she turned to me so matter of fact. And she was like, duh, dad, everybody else is taken. And Noemi, everyone else is taken. So just be Noemi. Thank you. Stop hanging out with knuckleheads if you're hanging out with them. Mm -hmm. Right? And don't let stupid boys in your life because you're perfectly wonderfully made and you're awesome. And if you don't hear that in a relationship, get away from it. Because I have a wife, seriously, I have a wife that tells me every single day how awesome I am. And she believes in me more than I believe in myself. And that is available for every single person who's willing to wait. Every single person. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I will come to, can you come to your, uh, my chi, uh, church and speak? I would love to get in uh, touch with me. My, uh, email is Kelly C at Kelly com. You can hit me on Instagram, the real Kelly Cardenas. Um, you can hit me on Facebook and please give me some TikTok game because my daughter thinks I'm cringy, but I got TikTok game. So it's the real Kelly Cardenas 23. You better recognize we have Andy who said that you, you're spitting some game and some truth, you know. Andy's from the old school like us. Uh, but um, I I, I want to say, I think I'm going to give my two-week notice today to Eric and Deanne so I can go work in Carlsbad for you, Kelly. No, 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 no. You don't want to do that. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Hey, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get a job with Eric and Deanne. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm, I'm trying to. Deanne, I want you to. I want you to share your experience, how it was working with Kelly from uh, from our side, from another perspective. What was it like to be around him? Me? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I, I had the pleasure of working, uh, at seeing him at that uh, at that bottom and being the servant with uh, with Robert Cromines because uh, let's see, I started with the company in '92, so. Uh, so Kelly came on, was it around 96? Yeah. 95, 96, 97. Yeah. Yep. And, um, we used to call Kelly, um, mini me, uh, because he was, he fed off Robert Cromings. They, they were, I mean, you just got the chills when they, when the two of them were up on stage together, it, it was magic. And I knew from, from the moment I saw Kelly, that there was not going to be anything stopping him 
to do what he wanted to do. You know, you just, just have that, that energy, that spirit. You know, you, you can't hide your spirit. It's there. Uh, and it's, it's for all to see. And, uh, and, you know, we traveled around together uh, quite a bit. Crazy guy, lots of energy. Uh, we had some great times. Uh, also had some, you know, some times that were, uh, were tough, you know, it, it shows, shows are hard. You know, when he talks about being in the bathroom, uh, doing hair, we've done hair in the tub, <laughs> having people, uh, wash their hair, you know, trying to get underneath the, the, the tub thing. And, uh, but, but it was so, so much fun. Uh, and then, you know, I went through Kelly during that, that time that, uh, that he, uh, left the company and, and that was tough on all of us because it was like, oh my God, you know, it, it's, it, Kelly was like, when he got on stage, he, he really did take, take over and it was a sad time. Uh, but I never, never had any doubt that it was probably uh, one of the best things that could have happened to him too. Because no matter what happened to him, uh, it, it, he, he was gonna go on and, and make it even better. And uh, happened even sooner than I thought uh, with, with Kelly. He, I, he didn't let any time go by, he was on it. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've seen his growth. I've seen the salons. I've seen uh, everything. And I, I couldn't be more proud uh, to know this man from, from the beginning and to be able to feed, feed off him and uh, to be able to, uh, when he talks about servicing uh, or being a servant, uh, that was that was my job to all of these artists that went out there, the Roberts, the Stephanie and stuff. I mean, my job was to make sure that everything was great for them when they got on stage. And uh, it, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. So. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> do we, do we have, uh, we have one more before we, I, I can give you guys a gift. We have one more. Than uh, even that, if you have was, two, even if you have two more, I'm good. I'm, I'm here with you guys. Uh, Joaquin asked me like how, how long or whatever, guys, I just want you to know that I'm available. Like I'm available to you. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to do that dad thing today. Cause my, my daughter just got a new bike, but my son, I was like, I sold him on, uh, uh, getting his sister's bike. And so we're going to sand it down, paint it. I'm going to bend the forks a little bit. We're going to get some new handlebars and we're making it like rat rod, gangster savage you know what i mean beach cruiser for him so he's gonna love it awesome uh masters masters you want to come to the front okay hi my name is masters but um okay that's, so that's a great question. name yeah <laughs> thank you what do you call it okay so basically i had started i had only been in school six months prior to all this happening but before i had started school i had, I had Hey, hey, Pamela, Pamela, can you, Pamela, oh, okay, can you mute, thank you so much, got it, okay, 
Well, my question is, um, okay, so when I had started school, I was only 17, like I'm barely, eight. I just turned 18 a couple months ago, and um, I had moved out with, with um, other family for school, okay. and when this whole thing, this outbreak had happened, I had moved back to my hometown, which is like two hours away from the school. Got it. So, like, it doesn't, it, do, it hasn't hit me that, like, that, like, I'm, like, bored enough to the point where, like, it's frustrating. It's just, I know that, like, Cause I, I, I'm very faithful. Like I'm a Christian and I like, I talk to God because it's like the only thing that keeps me like stable and like you know, literally the only thing that keeps me stable. And like, I don't know, like I'm getting shaky for no reason, but um, it's, it's more just like when this whole thing happened, I felt like my career and what I had invested in the time, which I knew it wasn't over, but I just had knew like, something just told me like this is either like this can either be a flip around for you or this can be just you make nothing out of it and I've been like I don't know I talk a lot to like I just I like I like to pray just to like just to calm myself down and um he I don't know I've I've gotten this thing for the past like a month and with all this happening I feel like it's just like this bump in the road, but I know, like, I, I so know that as soon as this is over, like, I do know that something's calling me out there, but I just have to wait this out. And it's like, it, it's ugh, like, oh my Lord, like, it's so annoying because my town isn't, my town is known more of like a truck stop town. So I, it's, it's very hard because it's like, I'm trying to do the most for myself and trying to become like this, this person who's like, who wants to like deliver messages and just be there for everybody else. But it's hard because coming from a small town, I thought I was like, okay, like I'm already going into it. And then having this outbreak happen was like, it, it, like, it didn't, it didn't affect me. It just, I was like, oh my God, like, like this is a, this is a bump in the road that, that, I'm just going to have to deal with and like everybody's going through it. So like, I know it's just not me. That's like feeling this type of way. And I don't know. I just, I know that God's always been on my bond. Literally any time I go somewhere, I just, I know that if I just think about it and just hold my word to it, just, I know that something will come up in whatever he wants me to do. And I don't know, I'm getting to the point where it's like, I'm thinking I don't know. I, I always think that like school, like I probably started it too early, but even though I know I'm still like, I literally just got out of high school when I started school. So like I knew, but I don't know. I, I have like a lot of like thoughts that are trying to like intervene with this Corona outbreak and just like trying to put me down. And I don't know. I'm trying to like stay like, whew, I'm trying to stay the most positive I can because I'm never a person, like, when I get vulnerable, I hate it because I don't want the attention on me. But I'm a person, I hate seeing someone down. I'm always the person to, like, pick that person up. Or I've always been the person just to take care of, like, everybody. But I don't know. Can you, like, if there's any way of, like, some kind of advice, you would just go out there for not just me, but for everyone, because I know everyone's going through a little bit of the same what words what few words of wisdom would you give to like our school 
Well, I want to, I want to encourage you right off the bat masters, uh, you know, and, um, I want, I want to be honest with you, um, if I'm allowed to, um, yes. because I, I believe it can help you. Um, I believe that, um, your care and I don't know you, um, but just listening, um, I believe that your care for others and wanting to make sure everyone else is okay is because you went through some stuff in your life early on that you didn't have any control of that happened to you. That was, wasn't great. And because you were helpless in that situation, you now try and take care of everybody else. And what I want you to know masters is that it's okay. It wasn't your fault. None of that stuff was your fault. You didn't do anything to make it happen. And on the flip side of it, the only person that can plant seeds in your life is you, not yeah. anybody else. But also, too, what I would say to you is, right now, Masters, I want you to start to be honest with yourself because being honest with yourself is going to be where you're going to be able to grow. And that first bit of honesty is allowing yourself. You, you said multiple times that this hasn't affected you, but it has. You wouldn't be crying if it hasn't affected you. It's okay for it to affect you. It's okay to be down. It's okay to go through all those things. It's okay. And you're awesome. And you're perfectly, wonderfully made exactly who you are. And it's okay to go through those things, but it's not okay for you to cover it up and act like it doesn't affect you because I watched you and your body language. I'm not an expert in this, but I've studied people for 28 years. And your body language tells me that you're deeply affected by it. So the first thing to do is to be honest with yourself and say, like I sat down with a girl, one of the girls that I was coaching and she kept saying to me, I'm not mad, but, and then she would tell me all the things she was mad about. And then I said, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to, you're going to express that you're mad and you're going to say out loud that I'm affected by this. So what I'd like you to do masters is I want you to look into the camera, look into the camera with me. I want you to get close to the camera. I want you to take a breath. Yes. In through your nose, out through your mouth. I want you to do three of them for me in through your nose out through your mouth. Okay, give me three. That's one. Give me two more. Give me another one. <sighs> now, masters, I want you to stand still because that shaking and moving around is because you're uncomfortable in the things that you're saying because what you were saying earlier is not true and you know it. It has affected you. You're deeply affected by this stuff. I want you to look into the camera and say this coronavirus stuff has freaked me out. This coronavirus stuff has freaked me out. I'm scared right now. I'm scared right now. And it's okay. And it's okay. And I want you to look into the camera and say the things that the traumas that have happened. And, and when I say this, I, I've gone through traumas too. And I'm not saying that they're compared to yours. But I want you to look into the camera and I want you to say those traumas that have happened. Say, say that with me. The traumas that have happened. Those traumas that have happened. Were not my fault. Were not my fault. And I did nothing to make them happen. I did nothing to make them mad. <laughs> and I do not need to compensate. Say this. And I do not need to compensate. For anybody else. For anybody else. In my life. In my life. I simply need to be masters. I simply need to be masters. I want you to start to be free. I want you to start to be free. Masters, you need to be free. 
masters, you aren't masters because you wear a turban on your head and because you're the guy that every person around you is like, oh my gosh, masters is so cool. That's not it. You're not masters because you put a piercing in your face. You're not masters because of any of those things. You're masters because you're masters. That's it. And you're awesome. And you're amazing. And I want to tell you a story that just happened to me this morning. And if you watch my Instagram, you'll see it. It's the only, I mean, it's, I, I was, I almost didn't post it this morning. But my mom passed away two years ago, almost to the day. So June 19th, two years ago, my mom passed away. The reason why I preface that is not to make you feel bad or anything like that, but I was riding my bike this morning and my mom spoke to me and told me, meet me at the bench. There was a little bench that we used to sit at in Del Mar and we used to look over the ocean. And anytime she would be stressed, we would talk about the the bench. And she would go there emotionally or go there and I would be able to go there physically, but she lived in Texas. She told me today, meet me at the bench, meet me at the bench, meet me at the bench. And as I was coming close to the, 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 the turn where the bench was, I kept asking, Mom, do you want me to go climb the mountain? Because I was going on a 30-mile bike ride. You want me to go climb the mountain first and then come back? Or do you want me to go right now? And she said, meet me at the bench, 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 meet me at the bench. And then I said, do you want me to go before the mountain or after the mountain? Because I was thinking in my head, anytime I stop on my bike, when I go to that bench, I always end my ride there. And I wanted to climb the mountain. So I said to my mom, again, do you want me to go do the mountain and then come back? Or do you want me to go now? And she said, meet me at the bench, meet me at the bench, meet me at the bench. And I understood what it was. And I turned and I went and sat at the bench. And then she showed me as I sat at the bench, I was looking out at the waves and there were surfers going. And as the surfers were going, she told me, you see that surfer, he catches a wave and the wave, when the wave is done, he doesn't try and force the wave to go any further. He simply gets off the wave, paddles back through and gets on another wave. And the other message that she gave me was there's no more mountains to climb. I wanted you to come to the bench because I just wanted you. You don't need to go and conquer and you don't need to go and climb the mountain and then come back and show me what you did. There's no more mountains to climb anymore, masters. You don't need to do anything to compensate for the things that have happened. There is not one thing on this earth that you will ever accomplish that will take that away. The only thing that will is by you being okay with being masters. And then, watch this. I got done and I was busted up. You're going to see an ugly cry on my Instagram today. You're going to see a nasty, ugly cry. And then, when I got done, I was like, cool, mom. I don't have to go climb that mountain because you told me I don't need to climb the mountain. I just need to just be. But then she said, I want you to go climb the mountain, son. But I want you to do it because you want to, not because you feel you have to. And I went and climbed the mountain. And on the way up, I saw a guy that I thought I knew. And as I got closer, I realized that I didn't know him, but I said hi to him because I force people to be my friends, just like I'm going to force you, master, for the rest of your life to be my friend. And I said hi to the guy. And then we had a conversation. He was running and I was riding a bike. So I slowed down and I just rode with him. And we had a conversation. And it turns out that he was a tour manager. 
Wow. He was a tour manager for Motley Crue, for Stone Temple Pilots, and currently Guns N' Roses. Oh, damn. And he became my friend today. And most likely, well, I could tell you 100%, I'm going to force him to be my friend for the rest of his life. And most likely, you'll hear his story on my podcast. I want you to realize that there's no more mountains that you have to climb today. But there will be mountains, masters, that you'll want to climb. And those mountains are okay. Thank you. You're awesome, masters. Thank you so much. That help? That help. Did you? Oh, hello? <laughs> yeah, I heard you. I heard oh, you. Oh, okay. Hey, you hey, honestly, be masters. Be great. Okay? Yo. Make lemonade, brother. Hey, I want you to write this down. This will change your life. Everyone write this down. This is the greatest revolution that has hit the professional beauty industry since the invent, since uh, Vidal Sassoon started blow drying. This is the greatest revolution in the history of the professional beauty industry since. I need a pen. You should have had a pen a while ago, masters. I've been on this call for two hours and 28 minutes. You ain't got a pen yet. Write this down, guys. This is the greatest revolution to hit the professional beauty industry since Vidal Sassoon started blow drying. I posted that the other day. If you follow me on Instagram or you follow me on Facebook, and I got so much, what are you talking about? Nah, nah, nah. And I can tell you this, you, whatever you focus on grows, baby. Whatever you focus on grows, and I'm focused on lemonade. All I need is a little bit of water, a little bit of sugar, because I got some nasty, sour-ass fruit in my life right now, and I'm making the greatest lemonade. And you know what I'm doing? I'm selling that bad boy to everyone who wants to drink. Lemonade. It's the greatest revolution to hit the professional beauty industry since Vidal Sassoon started blow drying. Mark my words. And then read it every morning. And if ever you get to a point where you start to think, oh man, things are good when I get back. You ain't going back. This ain't no go back. This is not a go back. We're not going back. This is new. You have to step into today. There is a new normal, guys. You're not going to go back. And if you're that guy that's saying, oh, I'm going to go back, then you're that guy who's trying to relive high school, trying to go back in your Trans Am with your Letterman's jacket on, trying to talk to all the girls, be like, yo, I, you, I got four touchdowns when I was in high school. You need to leave that high school alone and move on, move on, move on. There's a new day, baby, and it is nice. It is good. The water's fine. Jump all the way in or stay the hell out the pool. All right, Kelly, thank you so much. <laughs> Can I give him a gift? No, no, go ahead. I, yes. want, I want you to finish, off, finish it off with some closing words. I want to oh. thank you so much for taking the time. Um, I can't wait till we do open up and you're able to come to the school and physically touch the students as well the way you did today. Um, my computer just... Oh, no, no, I just, I just screen shared. Oh, yeah, okay. I just screen shared, so I want to do this. Hold on for a second. Um, let me go here. I'm going to screen share. Um... I got it right here. I think this is the one. This one should pop up. 
if you're on your, if you're not on your phone, um, uh, what you can do, and you can screenshot this, uh, uh, here we go. Joaquin, you can screenshot that, um, or you could just take your phone and you just hover, just hover over it. Don't take a, uh, don't take a picture, hover over it, click the link. When you click the link, this is my book. I'm giving it to you all for free. So this is a digital download of my book. And because I love Eric, because I love Joaquin, and because I love Deanne, this is my book, absolutely free, 100%. It's 117 pages that literally will change your life. Click the screen. That's all you need to do. It's real simple, real easy. So you guys can see that. You can, all you have to do is hover, hover, and then just click the link. Okay. And then, Joaquin, if you could take a screenshot of it or I'll send it to you afterwards. Yeah, please. Thank um, you. I'll send it to you afterwards and then you guys can have that. But I want to I tell you guys seriously, like, I want to encourage you because you're perfectly wonderfully made, seriously. You're perfectly wonderfully made. You don't need to be anything. You don't need to be the best student. You don't need to have the, be the greatest. Just be you. Like, be you and have a ton of fun. Like, have crazy fun and be free. Like, be free. Don't allow yourself to be bound up by what you think other people think you should be or what a hairdresser should be. Just be you. When it says uh, it's, a, it's a complimentary link, all you have to do is put in your email address and it will zero it out. Um, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it up here too just in case. Um, I'll give you guys a I'll, – I'll, I'll do it one more time. Um, all you have to do is put in your, uh, your email address and it'll give it to you complimentary. But if I honestly, like if I could give you anything is like, you just don't have to be good. You just have to show up. That's it. Yeah. So you got it. Perfect. Yeah. It's complimentary. I love you guys. I think it could change your life. I want to come and speak. I want to come and speak at your school. Um, you'll be, you'll be one of the first ones we're going to get into school. And, uh, you know, you're, you're our favorite, uh, graduation speaker. Amazing. Love <laughs> oh, thank it. you. Thank you. Uh, subscribe yeah. to the podcast. It'll help me out a ton and leave a review, like leave a review and do the star thing. The more star things, it just ups you in the rating. It's good. If honestly, any stars will be good. If you think it sucks, do a one. I'd prefer not if, it, but you'll like it. I promise you. It'll be good. Cool. Thank you so much again. Uh, do you want to close them off, Eric or Deanne? Thank you so much, Kelly. You guys want to finish it off? Close them thank out? You, Anybody want to unmute and say thank you before he goes? Deanne, do you want to close them out? Eric, do you want to say thank anything? you? Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You guys are awesome. Have a great day, thank okay? Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate everything. Thank you. You're yeah. awesome. Loved it. You're awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. That was amazing. Have a great day, guys. Bye, guys. Okay. Bye. Bye.